Hare Krishna, welcome to this 13th episode of the Sri Shupanishad series and today's topic is Mantra 12. It is a very important topic in fact for all devotees um, and for everybody actually because um, in this topic we will be learning about the different types of irreligion that go on in the name of religion and uh, create so much chaos in this world when it is not followed, when religion is not followed with its, uh, I mean, uh, with its intended aim and people get lost in the, in the matter of following and have their own concoctions and that's when uh, religion becomes a pseudo-religion and it becomes a um, source of chaos for the human civilization. So that's the topic today. So we'll begin with the prayers. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupaha Kadamahyam Dadatisva Padantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathanvitam Tamsajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhanvitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hare Priye Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Namo Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So welcome to this 13th episode of Shri Shopanishad series and today's topic is Mantra 12 and before we start I just want to um, make a small note that kindly refrain from asking questions <laughs> unless it's absolutely necessary um, to further advance, I mean further understand the topic or if something is not clear. If something is not that necessary, kindly refrain from asking question, especially for today's session because it's very in-depth and very long. I do not know if we can finish it in one sitting. Maybe you have to continue tomorrow, I do not know. But I will try my best to cover everything today. So, um, unless it's absolutely necessary, um, kindly, I request you to kindly not ask questions. Alright. Word to word from here. 
Andham. So please repeat after me each, each time. Andham. Tamaha. Pravishanti. Ye. Asambhutim. Upasate. Tataha. Bhuya. Iva. Te. Tamaha. Ye. U. Sambhutyam. Rataha. Sorry, Rataha. Now line to line. Line by line. Andham Tamaha Pravishanti. Ye Sambhutim Upasate. Tato Bhuya Ivate Tamo. Yau Sambhutyam Rataha. Once more. Andham Tamaha Pravishanti. Ye Sambhutim Upasate. Tato Bhuya Ivate Tamo. Yau Sambhutyam Rataha. Word to word meaning. Andham, ignorance, tamaha, darkness, pravishanti, enter into, ye, those who, asambhutim, demigods, upasate, worship, tataha, than that, bhūyaha, still more, iva, like that, te, those, bhūyaha, still more, iva, did we already do that? Eva, <laughs> like that. Te, those. Tamaha, darkness. Ye, who. U, also. Sambhutyam, in the absolute. Rataha, engaged. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shri Prabhupada Kijai. Translation Those who are engaged in the worship of demigods enter into the darkest region of ignorance, and still more so do the worshippers of the impersonal absolute. We will go to the yesterday's verse, the very last sentence of the purport because that sets the tone for today's class. You see, the last paragraph here, unless religion, economic development and sense gratification aim toward the attainment of devotional service to the Lord, they are all simply different forms of nations as Sri Shopanishad indicates in the following mantras. So, Vidya means, as we have already learned in the last three verses, it's about uh, uh, coming to the point of Krishna consciousness. Now, if a process of, uh, if, if a process is followed in the name of religion or in Dharma, Artha, Kama, but then if it is without the um, devotional service, if the aim is not devotional service to the Lord, then it is actually nations or ignorance. So as we have seen in the 2.9.34 of Srimad Bhagavatam, Ritertham yat pratiyeta na pratiyeta chatmani tadvidyadatmano mayam yathabhaso yathatamaha 
O Brahma, whatever appears to be of any value, if it is without relation to me, has no reality. Know it as my illusory energy, that reflection which appears to be in darkness. So, anything, if even if religion, even to the point of religion, if it is without the aim of devotional service to the Lord, then what's the point of that religion? Religion means dharmam to sakshat bhagavat pranitam. Religion means to obey the orders of God. But if there is no conception of God, if there is no obedience to God or devotional service to Him, what is the point? We have totally missed the point of religion. right? So that religion is no more considered religion. It's actually a gateway to hell. See? In the name of religion, if we do, you know, um, completely, um, what is it, unauthorized activities. So why that comes is because when we are in the modes of passion and ignorance, when we are unenlightened about the um, aim of life, aim of religion, what is what is to be done with human life, then all the customs, if we just follow the customs and traditions without following, without understanding the knowledge behind this, then it eventually will result in this kind of pseudo-religion, which is actually a source of trouble and chaos than a, a solution to all problems. And with the advancement of Kali Yuga, this is actually the context right now. Because in the name of religion, people don't even follow the rules laid out in the religion and they just take religion as like a, you know, something on the side, not very practical. It's not an essential part of life, it's just part of the culture, it has been followed down, so just keep that going. And, you know, and but the aim is completely lost. So that's the kind of religion mostly that is followed nowadays. People don't take the religion seriously about what is God, what is our relationship with Him, who we are. So these, these are the things that are at the core of what religion is. If we don't understand these things and if we just follow some rituals and here and there without any understanding, that's, that's, that's fruitless. So that's actually today's topic. It's, it's very broad and it's very important to know all the different um, faces it takes on or all the kinds of shapes it comes in, pseudo-religion, because we need to distinguish that from the real religion. Especially our, this Hare Krishna movement, is Sanatan Dharma. It's not just, uh, we don't even identify ourselves with the regulars, I mean so-called, what is presently known as Hinduism. Because again, they have lost the touch of the scriptures. They, without Guru and uh, Sadhu and Shastra, they are just doing whatever they want. So that kind of religion, everything in the name of religion, it becomes a disturbance in society. That's why it is said, Shruti Smriti Purana Adi Pancharatriki Vidham Vina. Shruti Smriti Purana Adi. Okay, Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu is explained. Rupa Goswami explains. See, Shruti Smriti Purana Adi Pancharatra Vidham, vidham Vina. Aikantiki Harer Bhakti Harer Bhakti Rutpata Yaiva Kalpate Devotional service to the Lord that ignores the authorized Vedic literatures like the Upanishads, Puranas and Narada Pancharatra is simply an unnecessary disturbance in society. So it is actually not classified as real religion. Hmm. And uh, real religion, uh, what is that? It's explained. Uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 1, Chapter 2, Text 12. Tachraddha dhana munayo, Tachraddha dhana munayo, uh, 
ज्ञान वैराग्ययुक्तया पश्यन्त्यात्मनि चात्मानं भक्त्या श्रुति श्रुतगृहीतया द सीरियसली इन्क्विजिटिव स्टूडेंट और सेज वेल एक्विप्ड विथ नॉलेज एंड डिटैचमेंट रियलाइजेज दर एब्सोल्यूट ट्रूथ बाय रेंडरिंग डिवोशनल सर्विस इन टर्म्स ऑफ वॉट ही हैज हर्ड फ्रॉम द वेदांत श्रुति सो इन टर्म्स ही प्रैक्टिसज डिवोशनल सर्विस इन टर्म्स ऑफ वॉट ही हैज हर्ड फ्रॉम द वेदांत श्रुति सो आवर बेस शुड बी शास्त्र Um, when the shastra is not followed then it becomes this so called religion which is not real religion so we'll go back to today's verse so we will not exactly go into the mapping of the you know english with the sanskrit you can you can pretty well have the idea right now so we'll go straight to the purport now so again we'll repeat the translation those who are engaged in the worship of demigods enter into the darkest region of ignorance and still more so do the worshipers of the impersonal absolute now remember this word is asambhutim there's a apostrophe there in the beginning of in, in before the s so that is actually asambhutim which is translated here as the demigods but now in the sanskrit in in the purport we will see The Sanskrit word asambhuti refers to those who have no independence independent existence. Sambhuti is the absolute personality of Godhead who is absolutely independent of everything. So asambhuti means those who have no independent existence. In this world the entire all creatures are in, are not independent. They are dependent on the three modes of material nature, right? That we understand from the Bhagavad Gita. chapter 7 text 13 tribhir gunamayair bhavair ebhih sarvam idam jagat mohitam nabhijanati mamebhyah paramavyayam deluded by the three modes goodness passion and ignorance the whole world does not know me who am above the modes and and inexhaustible so the whole world does not know him so who is in that whole world 18 40 of bhagavad gita explains this natadasti prithivyam va divi deveshu va punah satvam prakriti jair muktam yadebhi syatri bhirgunaih there is no being existing either here or among the demigods in the higher planetary systems which is freed from these three modes born of material nature so all of them are under the three modes so there therefore none of them are independent and all of them come under the purview of asambhuti so although demigods are mentioned but anyone so even in this world if we worship someone that is asambhuti you may say who who is worshiping it's going on you know in the name of movie actors in the name of sports uh, stars or um, politicians or um, you know any or motivational speakers for that matter so there there are so many people whom people adore and people look up to as an example for giving for receiving instructions from for receiving inspiration from so whenever we do that when we, whenever we idolize someone that is considered as worshiping him just like worshiping krishna means shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam archanam vandanam padasevanam so all these things are there similarly although not archanam and you know padasevanam may not, may not go on but 
shravanam kirtanam smaranam if we do about anybody else that is worshiping that person and i have seen even pada sevanam kind of <laughs> um uh, i think somebody uh, quite some time ago they shared this um, video where uh, footballers like i think i forgot the name i think ronaldo ronaldinho i don't know some brazilian brazilian i think there was one more messi okay these are the like top footballers and sometimes the fans come and you know they just somehow beat the security lines and they run into the onto the field and come in front of those their their you know dream players and then they bow down in front of them and then go and kiss their shoes kind of pada sevanam right and the player also takes out his shoes and then gives him as a as a gift you know i mean devotees we keep the shoes of krishna in our altar and they keep the shoes of their idol in the altar in their altar whatever that may be and i know not to not to deride him or something but i know a friend here in singapore so he has a shop of all kinds of insignia that that's his livelihood business so anyway so this he has a shop which has so many so many insignia of soccer like you know um like those um, tea or coffee mugs and then there is badges and then there is this patches when you which you can stitch on your shirt and then there are all kinds of keychains and posters and shirts and toys um what not i mean everything everything that you can think of based on the football player you know so um for each or every football player so they have all these things or, or sometimes they idolize the teams you know so in this way people worship not i'm just giving one example of sports there can be scientists who people idolize there can be um politicians as i said so all branches all branches and nowadays they call them influencers social media influencers you know they 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 have many millions of followers and then people look up to them and you know um no, want to know more about them and like that so this is all asambhutim worship of asambhuti or worshiping somebody who is dependent on this material world and not the absolute personality of god demigods but then even these so you see in the bhagavad gita 10.2 the absolute personality of god has sri krishna um says states name vidu suragana prabhavanna mavar maharshayah aham adirhi devanam maharshinam cha sarvashah neither the hosts of demigods nor the great sages know my origin or opulences for in every respect i am the source of the demigods and sages thus krishna is the origin of the powers delegated to demigods great sages and mystics although they are endowed with great powers these powers are limited and thus it is difficult for them to know how krishna himself appears by his own internal potency in the form of a man now you see here whatever power they have the rishis and munis and devatas they have gotten it from krishna and they have very limited powers and with that they cannot at all understand the unlimited personality of godhead hmm. so now i want to i want to just expand on this more this asambhuti here we will go into 
uh, in the path of Jnani, I mean, which is transcendentalist actually. But then, Asambhuti, the demigods, we will go into more detail about this. Now, I have just made some rough outline of what I wanted to cover in this. So, first thing, yeah, gradations of gradations of religionists, how pre- people actually practice religion. What are the kinds of people that, that are in existence who practice some kind of religion? So, this explain CC Madhya 19.144. We have seen this, but then it, this is again in context. The unlimited living entities can be divided into two divisions those that can move and those that cannot move. Among living entities that can move, there are birds, aquatics and animals. Although the living entities known as human beings are very small in quantity, that division may be still further subdivided for there are many uncultured human beings like Mlechas, Pulindas, Bauddhas and Shabaras. So I am reading from the Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhyalila chapter 19 verses 144 through 146, uh, maybe 47. So, <clears throat> you see there are among all class of human beings, there are many who are below the Varnashram system, they don't follow any religion and they are classified as, they are classified as uncultured. Those who are not within the Vedic culture and God conscious culture, they are considered uncul- uncultured. Because culture means there is a name of life, but they don't have a name, Nate Vidu Swarthagatim He Vishnu. So, without the aim, there is no culture. I have explained this again and again. Agriculture means to have a particular crop. That's why that's why it's called agriculture. But forest is there's no culture there. Everything grows. Whatever grows, grows. So that's wild. So if there is a culture, that's when there is an aim. So without the aim of God, then there is no culture. It's wildlife. It's wildlife. So um, many human beings are in that category as well. Wild, atheistic. Mlechas, Pulindas, Bauddhas and Shabras, they don't even know what is the rules and regulations, nor, nor, nor do they care. Then, among human beings, those who are followers of the Vedic principles are considered civilized. Among these, almost half simply give lip service while committing all kinds of sinful activities against these principles. So, you see, even those who know what is the Vedic civilization, half of them just give lip service and do not follow it. Even then, they are considered a little bit better off than those who do not know at all. But still, by knowing and not following, in fact, the person will suffer even more. I hope you remember that verse which we have that we have seen the other day. I'll just go back and come back here. This uh, from the fifth canto, twenty-sixth chapter, third verse. The Sanskrit is uh, a little bit long, but we will just go to the English now. Just as by executing various pious activities, one achieves different positions in heavenly life, by acting impiously, one achieves different positions in hellish life. Those who are agitated, sorry, those who are activated by the material mode of ignorance engage in impious activities and according to the extent of their ignorance, they are placed in different different grades of hellish life. If one acts in the mode of ignorance because of madness, his resulting misery is the least severe. 
One who acts impiously but knows the distinction between impious and impious activities is placed in a hell of intermediate severity. And for one who acts impiously and ignorantly based because of atheism, the resultant hellish life is the worst. Because of ignorance, every living entity has been carried by various desires into thousands of hellish planets since time immemorial. I shall try to describe them as far as possible. So these three three levels of suffering, if you know and you don't follow, oh, that is even greater. Like a policeman, he is supposed to follow right, the rules. If he becomes a thief, oh, he is punished more. So, half of these people give lip service, they don't do, they don't follow, while committing all kinds of sinful activities against these principles. Such people do not care for the regulative principles. And such people are mentioned here, um, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, eleven five fourteen. Yetvanevam vidosantaha stabdhaha sadabhimaninaha pashundruhyanti vishrabdhaha pretya khadanti te chatan. Those sinful persons who are ignorant of actual religious principles yet consider themselves to be completely pious without compunction commit violence against innocent animals who are fully trusting in them. In their next lives, such sinful persons will be eaten by the same creatures they have killed in this world. How many people are there in this category? They think they are very religious, they think they are very uh, pious, but without compunction. What is compunction? Let's take the actual definition. Without scruples, without a feeling of guilt, without feeling bad, without feeling moral scruple you see that without a without hesitation without any <coughs> remorse they just commit violence against innocent animals now there is a big big uh, hype about the black lives matter movement and they say about talk about racism that you know superior race <coughs> or rather um, uh, a prejudiced superior race uh, discriminating against an inferior race. Now the same thing, as we say racism, there is same thing called speciesism. Speciesism is where humans, we think we are superior race and we can exploit and, and kill the animals just for our tongue. What about that? There's no, there is no cry raised about that. I mean there are animal rights activists. But then the, this is the same thing. What, what is black lives matter? Animal lives also matter. So, <coughs> They are trying to do all these things, but they do not know the actual platform of equality and the actual platform of action. So, they think they are very pious, these kind of you know sinful people in the name of religious um, followers, but they kill animals. And then there is another similar verse, 11.5.8. Vadanti tenyonyam upasita striyo Griheshu maithunya pareshu chashishaha Yajantya srishtana vidhana dakshinam Vrityai param Vrityai param gnanti pashun atadvidaha The materialistic followers of Vedic rituals giving up the worship of the Lord instead practically worship their wives and thus their homes become dedicated to sex life. 
Such materialistic householders encourage one another in such whimsical behavior. Understanding ritualistic sacrifice as a necessary item for bodily maintenance, they perform unauthorized ceremonies in which there is no distribution of foodstuff or charity to the brahmanas and other respectable persons. Instead, they cruelly slaughter animals such as goats without any understanding of the dark consequences of their activities. See that? So-called, just following for the namesake followers, you know, just following, but they are not interested in anything. In fact, they commit sinful activities in the name of religion. So, such people do not care for the regulatory principles. Then, the next, so we are talking about this civil, uncivilized human beings and uncivilized human beings under the Vedic civilization and then half of them commit to only lip service. Then, among the followers of Vedic knowledge, most are following the process of fruitive activity and distinguishing, be, distinguishing between good and bad work. Out of many such sincere fruitive actors, there may be one who is actually wise. So now, half of them lip service. Now, the, the rest of them who are actually following something from the Vedas, they follow mostly this Karmakanda section where we have to do this and go to heavenly planets, you know, that way. That is their understanding. They are called Vedavada Ratha Partha. No, Krishna explained in the Bhagavad Gita. Chapter 2, text 42 and 43. Yami pushpitam vacham pravadantya vipaschitaha vedavadarataha partha nanya dastiti vadinaha kamatmanaha karma svargapara janma karma pala pradam striyo no, kriya vishesha bahulam bhogaishvarya gatim prati. Men of small knowledge are very much attached to the flowery words of the Vedas, which recommend various fruitive activities for elevation to heavenly planets, result in, result in good birth, power and so forth. Being desirous of sense gratification and opulent life, they say that there is nothing more than this. So they just want heavenly life, they just want to worship the demigods and go to the planets of the demigods. That's, that's what they want. See, it's explained in the 9th chapter, 25th verse. Yanti deva vrata devan pitrin yanti pitravrataha bhutani yanti bhutejam yanti madhyajino pimam. Those who worship the demigods will take birth among the demigods. Those who worship the ancestors go to the ancestors. Those who worship ghosts and spirits will take birth among such beings, and those who worship me will live with me. <coughs> so they don't want, they just want to go to the heavenly planets. Now Of course, as we know, these promises of heavenly life is just like a candy to induce a child to take the beneficial medicine of the worship of Vishnu. So, we have seen that. Um, so, out of many people who actually um, follow the fruitive activity, one may be, there may be one who is actually wise. And what is the symptom of the wise man? Out of many millions of such wise men, one may actually become liberated, mukta. So, the wise man means he understands that the endeavor for fruitive work, like working for getting some material result is not really worth it because even if I go to heavenly planets, I have to come back after my pious activity, pious results have been exhausted. So, therefore, what is the point in going there? So, one who understands that, he is wise and Understanding that is not enough, 
to actually go into this whole process of jnana to actually understand what is the real aim of life then what should we do with our life and actually to go in that path of philosophical speculation that is what is mentioned here and out of many millions of such wise men one may actually become liberated so they may be on the path of liberation but out of many millions one may actually become liberated and out of many millions of such liberated persons a pure devotee of lord krishna is very difficult to find but we are concerned with that most rarest thing krishna bhakti and everything other than that is um a, um a feature of nations or ignorance it it will not give us the ultimate result so therefore prabhupad said also in you know he said i am the only person in india who is criticizing not only all the materialists but even the spiritualists and everybody anything that comes short of complete surrender to krishna i will criticize so why because we have to understand side by side what is vidya what is avidya what is sambhuti what is asambhuti what is religion what is religion what is dharma what is adharma we have to know and then only we can follow what is dharma we sh- dharma doesn't mean to not know anything about adharma no we should know as we have already read in the last three verses um what is that um vidyam cha vidyam cha yastad vedo bhayam sah avidyayamrityum teertva vidyayamritam ashnute that is yesterday's verse so that we have to understand side by side hmm. in fact there is a pattern in this verses if you have seen in the ishopanishad uh, we will go there first we will finish this topic so you see we are concerned about that krishna bhakti and anything else other than that is contamination now what is other than krishna bhakti what else is there what else is there there is um karmis gyanis yogis three broad categories there are other types of religionists which worship god in different features that is explained in the 9.15 of bhagavad gita they come under somewhere in the subset of religion ज्ञानयज्ञेन चाप्यन्ये यजन्तो मामुपासते एकत्वेन पृथक्त्वेन बहुधा विश्व बहुधा विश्वतो मुखम अदर्स हु एंगेज इन सैक्रिफाइस बाय द कल्टीवेशन ऑफ नॉलेज वर्शिप द सुप्रीम लॉर्ड एज द वन विदाउट अ सेकंड एज डाइवर्स इन मेनी एंड इन द यूनिवर्सल फॉर्म सो दे डू नॉट एंगेज डायरेक्टली इन द फॉर्म ऑफ द लॉर्ड बट लाइक ब्रह्मवादीज दे वर्शिप द इंपर्सनल एब्सोल्यूट so as one without a second as diverse and many and in the universal form this is actually another feature of impersonalism uh, there's different features of impersonalism only um, from which these ideas come if we accept god as a person as a supreme person these would not be you know even in the universal form that universal form is meant for people who are too materialistic to somehow transfer their meditation on krishna like the sun and the moon we see and they are the eyes of the supreme lord you know so everything that we see is again connected to the lord you know but if one is actually interested in the form of the lord he will be interested in the real form of the lord just like arjuna he saw the universal form virat rupa but he was not very much interested because you know it it was more fearful than um 
than um, loving. And the devotee, he wants to have loving exchange. He, he wants a form in which he can serve the Lord. Because a devotee would always like to serve the Lord. So that service, how to render service to the universal form? You know, he appears very self-sufficient and he's far too ghastly and he's, he's you know, so powerful. That is Krishna. I mean, he, <laughs> that, is, that is what he is. He is so powerful that we can actually never render any service to him. He doesn't need our little bit of service. What can what what do we gain? What does he gain from our service? Nothing. But it is for our benefit that we engage. We have to engage in his service. So he allows that in his saumya rupam, in his you know in, as Krishna as Vishnu, we can serve him. And in the form of archa vigraha he comes. We can serve him. As Prabhupada said, if he comes in virat rupa, um, how can we dress him? All the cloth in the world will be finished. And still he, we can't dress him. Right? So, how can we serve him? So, he accepts a form. In which, so, a devotee wants to see him like that, where he can serve him. So, if one is not attached to the form of the Lord, then somehow that idea of form is has to be forcefully ingrained into his mind. So, and that's why this universal form, oh, the sun is the eye, the moon is the eye. I means, I means it has to be a person. So, it is to come somehow or other mold his thinking into the personal form of a God. To remove his, it is not exactly an imposition on the mind, but it is to rectify the mistake, to rectify the fault in their thinking. So, that is why the universal form is there. But usually they are impersonalists. They cannot really appreciate the supreme form of the Lord. They usually are used to material forms as everybody is and they are not very intelligent to understand that he can have a form which is spiritual. So, for them these are there. So, these are also in in, in religion but then again not the highest form of religion. But then so, Asambhuti means Karmis. Now, Sambhuti, Sambhuti is the absolute truth. Here it is said in today's verse quite interestingly. And still more do Yau Sambhutyam Tato Bhuya Ivatetamo Yau Sambhutyam Rataha. So Sambhutyam means uh, absolute truth. But the per- persons, the people who actually worship the absolute truth, they go even deeper into the into the ignorance than those who worship Asambhuti. How is that? Just like the other verse, it is this is very similar actually in structure also. These three verses from this one, next one and the next one is, is exactly similar to the last three verses. But instead of Vidya, is here is Sambhuti. Here, instead of Avidya, here is Asambhuti. That's it. That's the only difference. Otherwise, same structure of verses. If you go and see, uh, 9, yeah. You see here, today's verse, Andham tama pravishanti ye sambhuti mupasate tato bhuya ivatetamo yau sambhutyamrataha Whereas 9, Andham tamah pravishanti ye vidyam upasate tato bhuya ivatetamo yau vidyayam rataha. So, those in the culture of nation activity surrender into the darkest region of ignorance. Worse still are those who engage in the culture of so called knowledge. So, here also, sambhutya means so called religion. So called religion. But that means they are interested in the transcendence but not in the real way. Just like the vidya, 
like the Vedas. They are the followers of the Vedas, but they are not interested in the real thing of the Vedas. They are, you know, they follow this Yamimam, Pushpitam Vacham, all the flowery language of heavenly pleasures. They want that out of that. So, although they come to the uh, fold of knowledge, they are distracted again. So, they don't reach the aim of knowledge. So, similarly, in the matter of religion, this last three verses was about the matter of knowledge, the same thing about the matter of religion, which is actually based on knowledge that, that is given by Krishna, perfect knowledge. So, therefore, we have today, so that Sambhuti is in, translated here as impersonal absolute. As we will see, it will also extend to the concept of Paramatma. Only Bhagavan feature is where one is completely safe in his spiritual life. Even until Paramatma feature is incomplete realization of the Absolute Truth. Now, if we remember in Srimad Bhagavatam, the Absolute Truth is understood in three phases. 1.2.11 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Vadantitattattvavidas tattvam yajnanamadvayam Brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdhyate Learned transcendentalists who know the absolute truth call this non-dual substance Brahman, Paramatma or Bhagavan. So he is understood in these three phases. Impersonal as impersonal absolute, all-pervading truth and Paramatma, the, the super soul in everybody's heart and finally Bhagavan by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, Sambhuti, even if it comes to the, the second and third stages, which is Brahman and Paramatma, or Paramatma and Brahman respectively, it is still not complete. Bhagavan feature, when we understand, then we understand Paramatma and impersonal and everything else. Everything, we will have a proper understanding. So, even if we come to the point of Paramatma, it is still in the matter of ignorance. We will see all that. Okay. So, thus Krishna is the origin of powers delegated to the demigods, great sages and mystics. Although they are endowed with great powers, these powers are limited and thus it is very difficult for them to know Krishna, uh, know how Krishna himself appears by his own internal potency in the form of a man. And that is explained, Avajanantimam Mudha. Avajananti Mamudha Manushimtanumashritam Parambhavamajananto Mamabhutamaheshwaram Fools deride me when I descend in the human form. They do not know my transcendental nature as a supreme lord of all that be. So, this is what happens. Many philosophers and great rishis or mystics try to distinguish the absolute from the relative by their tiny brain power. This can only help them reach the negative conception of the absolute without realizing any positive trace of the absolute. What is this? Neti, neti, neti. What is not? What is? What the absolute truth is not? So it is not made of earth. It is not made of water. It is not made of fire. It is not made of. So we can just absolute truth is not this, not this, not this, not this, not this. Whatever we see in this material world, we may say that absolute truth is not this. But then what it actually is? We don't know. We won't have the positive knowledge of what it is, but we will have the negative knowledge of it, that what it is not. So, it is not anything of this material world. That is understood. But what it actually is, how the Absolute Truth exists, that information is unavailable to the speculator, mental speculator. So, therefore, it is said, 
that philosophers and great rishis try to understand the absolute truth by distinguishing it from the from the relative by the tiny brain power thus they achieve negative conception of the absolute without realizing any positive trace of the absolute definition of the absolute by negation is not complete such negative definitions lead one to create a concept of one's own you know we will create our own concept of the absolute truth which is void oh it is not this it is not this not this no. it is just nothing that's where they come to at the end because they don't have the positive knowledge so that positive knowledge is important then that is complete knowledge of the absolute truth what it is thus one imagines that the absolute must be formless and without qualities you see how they come to a wrong conclusion such negative qualities are simply the reversals of relative material qualities and are therefore also relative to say that the absolute truth is formless that is also a relative description you are you are giving a description in terms of the material form because anything material form anything which has a material form is a relative thing in this world it is not absolute and if we define the absolute in terms of the relative that it doesn't have a form like this and this and this and this and this, that is just negation of the relative it is just another side of the relative it is not absolute exactly uh, so um just to say anti material is not enough uh, it is spiritual and what is spirit sachidananda vigraha oh he has eternal blissful full of knowledge body a body which is full of all, all these three things so that is positive description that is not describing him in terms of the relative world whether it be a relative form or relative formless or material form or material formless that is still a material description of the absolute truth therefore it is still a relative description and therefore it is not perfect only when we say that the lord has eternal blissful and you know uh, what is that full of knowledge a form filled with these it is not it is not complete uh, or positive definition of the absolute truth by conceiving of the absolute in this way one can at the utmost reach the impersonal effulgence of god known as brahman but one cannot make further progress to bhagavan the personality of godhead such mental speculators do not know that the absolute personality of godhead is krishna that the impersonal brahman is the glaring effulgence of his transcendental body or that the paramatma the super soul is his all pervading plenary representation see they do not know all these things only a devotee he understands exactly how he does not he does not say that the god is not impersonal he accepts all impersonal aspect the localized aspect and the personal aspect just like sunshine it is the all pervading impersonal aspect of the sun a person who really knows the sun well he will not say that oh sunshine is false that that, that is not sun no that is still part of the sun right uh, so that is also sun and the sun which is there that is also sun and then the president the president of the sun planet the the king there vivaswan his name is also given in the bhagavad gita yeah that is the sun god the person so the all pervading aspect the localized aspect and then the personal aspect of the sun similarly so that involves complete that involves complete knowledge of the sun so similarly knowledge of the absolute also is the same but if we so a devotee he will understand a person who understands the sun god he understands sun planet he understands sunlight those who understand sun planet they understand sun planet and sunlight 
they may not understand sun god just like we human beings if we don't have the information from the vedas we would have absolutely no idea that there is a sun god there now we are accepting it on faith because it's told by krishna so we have some information at least although we have not seen him by vedas therefore we can expand our understanding by receiving the information from krishna even though our senses are completely incapable of getting that information even with our instruments so from vedas we can get because krishna describes them so otherwise we can't with our sensory perception we can't understand the sun god we can understand when we understand sun the planet yes we understand also sunlight but the insects like for example some of them they experience the heat and light of the sun they have no idea that there is a sun in the sky there which is causing that heat and light they just feel the heat and light that's it so their understanding is just there so it's not that when we have the personal as personal understanding of the absolute truth we reject we are against the impersonal understanding we are not we understand that there is also a feature of the absolute but that is not the highest feature so that is where vaishnavas come from they understand the full absolute truth Mm. nor do they know that krishna has eternal form with its transcendental qualities of eternal bliss and knowledge the dependent demigods and great sages imperfectly consider him to be a powerful demigod and they consider the brahman effulgence to be the absolute truth so sometimes even demigods can be bewildered and then they may think that he is just maybe a powerful demigod or some powerful human being and the impersonal is impersonal brahman is the absolute truth they may also mistake these things if you see in, when krishna came Indra mistake mistook him as an ordinary boy Brahma mistook him for an ordinary ordinary boy they tried to test his you know uh, supremacy and of course he 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 defeated them and he established his supremacy but that's the point so they also forget they also can be bewildered hmm. but the devotees of krishna by dint of their surrendering unto him and their unalloyed devotion can know that he is the absolute person and that everything emanates from him such devotees continuously render loving service unto krishna the fountain head of everything in the bhagavad gita 7.20 and 23 it is said that only unintelligent bewildered persons driven by a strong desire for sense gratification worship the demigods for the temporary relief of temporary problems since the living being is materially entangled he has to be relieved from the material bondage entirely to attain permanent relief on the spiritual plane where eternal bliss life and knowledge exist okay now people who have strong desire for sense gratification worship the demigods as we know some asambhuti is translated as demigods but anybody who is dependent is asambhuti right so yes ye asambhutim upasate those who worship asambhuti any of these categories so there are like four categories just of asambhuti you see in asambhuti worship i mean in asambhuti worship there is there are the karmis and then there is a pseudo religionists who manufacture their own form of religion um, then there are the karmis now in the karmis again there is further subdivision there are some who are just hedonists they whole their whole life is just eat drink marry women and enjoy and that's it just blind sense gratification just hedonism uh, 
and they worship similar such people who are also into this um, hedonistic life um, and whoever supports them they worship them and they also uh, like uh, this uh, alcohol they they are addicted to these things so that addiction is also a feature of upasate or worship they worship as if they they would rather die rather than you know not have um, alcohol or meat or you know something like that so and even the sports you know they are they are just they just want to enjoy the sports or movies or all these things that people idolize so all these things they just want to enjoy just gross sense gratification then there are others who are i just mentioned i just wrote it's my own definition but productive fools actually in one place prabhupad mentions that i forgot i recently we actually read that in one of the purports in the in the one of these classes that they are so careful in doing material um, executing their material plans in their lives they are very careful and meticulous about it so they are meticulous about something which they should not even be doing in the first place yes they are very determined very meticulous meti- uh, meticulous and um, you know they, they are very determined in, in following their aims but the whole thing should not have even, even been done for example just like a thief a hacker i, I think I, i mentioned this quite some months ago there was this video that surfaced on the, on the youtube that this man uh, he wanted to uh, make counterfeit notes in america and he mastered the art of doing so he, he did all his research and he he learned alone with a printer in his own house not just an ordinary printer of course he got some special printers and he printed notes exactly even an expert wouldn't be able to um, i mean if you every single thing is there even if you see all those marks every none of them is missing only once did he make a mistake and he was caught uh, that was when uh, i think seven notes had the same serial number on them and somebody actually spotted it usually these notes just you know get uh, distributed here and there and it just goes all over the country but somehow those seven notes just stuck together and then maybe he used it together or something like that and it went from one place to another and somebody noticed this that how can these seven notes have the same serial number usually he did not do that mistake but you know human error it happened usually in in the real currency there are so many people who check there are so many checks that go before the note is released so but here one man was doing everything in fact this requires hundreds of people to sit on the you know that committee of making these notes you know technical aspect the all the different aspects are you know so many experts come together and make those notes and special paper as well everything so there are so many things that go into this but he alone he did everything how much intelligence is that but he misused it he misused it um, so he meticulously did everything but what he did should not have even been done it's crime similarly similarly of course he was caught and um, i think later on he became a worker for the government trying to 
you know find out counterfeit notes or something like that whatever but you see he meticulously did something which he should not have even done so similarly in this material world there are some people some most many people are just hedonists they just want to enjoy life and just without any limit and control um then those there are others who want to have a more refined form of sense gratification in this world in this world and they try to be more productive and they try to be more resourceful and they plan out and how to make money and how to build a business or something like that materially and they are so called productive fools because what they're doing should not have should not be even done actually in the first place because it is all going to be finished anyway is all in the in the in the um uh, mood of enjoying the senses sense gratification is the ultimate aim of all these things right so it is still not to be done but they do it so this is called determination in the mode of passion like there is a there are three verses determination we'll go into that Eighteen thirty three. Eighteen dot thirty three in the Bhagavad Gita. Dhritya yayadharayate manaha pranendriya kriyaha yoga navya bicharinya dhriti sapartha satviki. O son of Pritha, that determination which is unbreakable, which is sustained with steadfastness by yoga practice and which thus controls the activities of the mind, life, and senses is determination in the mode of goodness. Okay, compared to this, now the next one, eighteen dot thirty-four. Yaya tu dharma kamarthan dhritya dharayater juna prasangena phalakangshi phalakangshi dhritihisa partharajasi. But that determination by which one holds fast to fruitive results in religion, economic development, and sense gratification is of the nature of passion, O Arjuna. <clears throat> these people, these these productive fools. they are into this passion mode of passion they determine they are determined yes that is also determination it requires determination to build a body for example yes that is another example to build a you know become a body builder a lot of determination required and a lot of practice and perseverance required yes but then is that worth it the body itself will perish so it should not have been done like that because the entire life is just wasted human life which is meant for a much higher purpose finally there is determination yaya swapnam bhayam shokam vishadam madamevacha navimunchati durmedha dhrite sapartatamasi and that determination which cannot go beyond dreaming fearfulness lamentation moroseness and illusion such unintelligent determination of son of pritha is in the mode of in the mode of darkness so they 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 have their own determinations of but based completely on you know foolish things completely foolish things they take to drugs they they become or make maybe going to wrong association mafia this whatever it is so these there's also a determination but in the wrong direction completely wrong direction and ends in moroseness and illusion lamentation fearfulness and you know delirium like that so all these determinations are there so ishopanishad oh yeah we haven't haven't gone to the next version of it hedonists productive fools then the namesake follows of the vedas those are also karmis you know we already read that in the 
in that 11.5.14 and 11.8.5. So they just namesake followers, gives, just give lip service. And then finally, there are demigod worshippers. And in the namesake followers, for example, we have seen the other three, but this one we have not seen. Um, that's why I have made a list so that I don't miss anything. So, Bhagavad Gita chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. This is the a demoniac person. He, when he accepts religious principles, he accepts it like this. The demoniac person thinks, so much wealth do I have today and I will gain more according to my schemes. So much is mine now and it will increase more and more in the future. He is my enemy and I have killed him and my other enemies will also be killed. I am the lord of everything. I am the enjoyer. I am perfect, powerful and happy. I am the richest man, surrounded by aristocratic relatives. There is none so powerful and happy as I am. I shall perform sacrifices. I shall perform some charity. And thus I shall rejoice. In this way, such persons are deluded by ignorance. Just for namesake, they just do some sacrifice here and a charity there and that's it. And then be known as good guys and then that's it. They do whatever they want again. And many high flies in society today, they are like that. They so-called pledge 99% of their wealth to charity. And the remaining 1% is more than we can earn in 10 lifetimes. So it's like, like I think even Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates, they have pledged that much amount of their money into charity. Now, if you see the charity that they are actually funding, they are funding charities like some research, medical research and some cyber research and these kind of things, education. Again, all of these are not really the real things that will help the soul. Something which is for the body and sometimes even these medical research are, you know, to, to, to um, do something that is harmful even, like those uh, genetically modified seeds, like Monsanto they have. That's also science, that's also research, product of research. But what kind of research is that? completely spoiling the whole thing, you know. So, manipulating the DNA and then all these, you know, um, unscrupulous activities. So, it requires some, some merit, some intelligence to do those things, but the end result is what? So, those kind of research charities, they, they fund. What is the point? What is the point? Um, so, these are the charity and sacrifice of a person in the demoniac person. So, these people are um, basically in the mode of ignorance and their worship is something like this. First of all, they do not know what to do and what not to do. That is also explained here. Pravrittimcha nivrittimcha jana navidura surahana saucham napi chacharona satyam teshu vidyate 16.7 Those who are demoniac do not know what is to be done and what is not to be done. Neither cleanliness nor proper behavior nor truth is found in them. And then, their so-called religion will be like this. Ashastra vihitam ghoram tapyante ye tapo janaha dambha hankara samyuktaha kama ragabalanvitaha karshan karshan karshayantaha sharirastham bhuta grama machetasaha mamchaivantaha sharirastham tanvidhyasura nishchayan those who undergo severe austerities and penances not recommended in the scriptures, performing them out of pride and egoism, 
like even fasting for the country's sake or you know like you know now now you know i mean uh, who is that gandhi did that he he fasted for the country's sake that's not recommended in the scriptures that you fast for the country. you fast for krishna like ekadashi or janmashtami yes you fast for the yat karoshi dasnasi yat johoshi yat tapasasi dadasi kurushvatad madarpanam if you do any tapasya you do as an offering unto me krishna is saying but if we do just charity and all these things without relation to god that is useless you see and performing severe austerities and penances not recommended in the scriptures performing them out of pride and egoism who are impelled by lust and attachment who are foolish and who torture the material elements of the body as well as the super soul dwelling within are to be known as demons even our work so called now 12 hours a day working this is all also um, torturing the material elements of the body uh, so much time is just spent you know uh, without uh, any time for self realization just for material activities and especially those in penances you know sometimes people go and do this very very severe things which are not really recommended in the scriptures asuras they do that uh, and we have rikasura who also you know cu- was cutting own parts of his body and throwing in the fire and all these things and hiranyakashipu did the you know severe austerity standing on his toes and with his hands raised and for 100 celestial years all these are not recommended they just want their own out of pride out of, out of egoism they want these things and in a smaller way today people are also doing so many things you know to to achieve their own materialistic ends they are working very hard and you know ugra karma they are doing horrible work so therefore in the name of religion they do all these things sometimes even in in the name of religion they give uh, trouble to others and even sometimes themselves they torture you know and let us explain and sometimes these anti social elements you know this uh, uh, what is that terrorism and all that in the name of so called religion that is all you see mudha mudha grahenatmanoyat pidaya kriyate tapah parasyotsadanartham va tattamasam udahritam penance performed out of foolishness with self torture or to destroy or injure others is said to be in the mode of ignorance tamasik so called religions and penance tapasya therefore in the last verse of the 17th chapter it is said just like first we will go here 927 yat karoshi dashnasi yajjuhoshi dadasi yat yat tapasya sikanteya tat kurushva madarpanam whatever you do whatever you eat whatever you offer or give away and whatever austerities you perform do that o son of kunti as an offering to me krishna is saying now if we don't have this conception ashraddhaya hutam dattam tapas taptam kritam chayat asadityuchyate partha nachatat pretyayno hi pretyano iha anything done as sacrifice charity or penance without faith in the supreme o son of pritha is impermanent it is called asat and is useless both in this life and the next this is bhagavad gita opinion of bhagavad gita so useless both in this life and the next if it is not done with with a, uh, with faith in the supreme so this is all comes this all comes under the category of 
Asambhuti. And then demigod worshippers, there are so many verses. Like what, what do they do? What impels them to demigod worship? And what is the result they, they get? And what attitude they develop? That is explained here. So, let's go through these two few verses. I have gone through this 2, 42 and 43. And then 720 now. Seven twenty Kamaistaistair Hritagyana Prapadyante Anyadevata Hatamtam Niyama Masthaya Prakrityani Yatahaswaya. Those whose intelligence has been stolen by material desires surrender unto demigods and follow the particular rules and regulations of worship according to their own natures. So stolen by material desires the intelligence that person uh, he will worship the demigods because they want some material desire now although um, krishna is the one actually increases our faith in that demigod by sitting in our heart that is explained in this verse the next verse yo yo yam yam tanum bhaktam bhaktah shraddhayarchitum ichchati tasya tasya chalam shraddham tameva vidadhamyaham I am in everyone's heart as a super soul. As soon as one desires to worship some demigod, I I make his faith steady so that he can devote himself to that particular deity. Endowed with such a faith, he endeavors to worship a particular demigod and obtains his desire. But in actuality, these benefits are bestowed by me alone. But actually, So actually, we have to go to Krishna. Whether we want material or spiritual or whatever it is, we need to go to Krishna. But even if we go to the demigods, he is the one who has to sanction it. So ultimately, we are getting from him. But this, this, um, what is that? Non-compliance with Krishna's direct orders and trying to circumvent him through the demigod route or route and trying to get our material benedictions fulfilled. We are just making fools of ourselves because Krishna just put those proxies of demigods and asked us to worship them. But... He is the one who is moving everything. So, um, it is just to, he put those proxies because to help us, because we don't want to worship him. But still he wants to induce us to worship him in an indirect way at least, so that we will be blessed in at least some way. So, therefore he put demigods in front. Okay, you worship them. So, therefore he finally gives his own opinion in the ninth chapter, 23rd verse here, that, who is this? Hari Prasad Prabhu. You have asked the questions. Yes, I forgot to reply to them. So kindly do not ask it here. Um, just give me a private message and we can I can answer all these questions of where the soul is present. So I, as I've already said in the beginning of this today's lecture, please don't ask any questions unless it's absolutely necessary to understand this particular topic because it's very long, it's very extensive and will take quite some time and if we have too many questions and kind of unrelated to the topic, it will disturb the attention and also it will become very, very, very long. So, today I am not going to take any questions that are slightly even deviating from today's topic. So, kindly excuse me for that. As for your questions, Hari Prasad Prabhu, I will, uh, you send me a message, private message, so I remember it again. I forgot. The other day you asked me, yes. So anyway, if you actually read Prabhupada's books, you will have all these answers. In the Bhagavad Gita itself, all the answers are there. So, 
you also have to get into the habit of reading and getting the answers yourself and if you do a little bit of search even in the you know prabhupadbooks.com or something you can get these answers so try to find answers yourself and in that way you will also learn many things when you are researching in prabhupad's books so because you are engaging with the books now if i give you everything from prabhupad's books of course but that will be spoon fed and you will not have that experience of um you know going through prabhupad's books and actually studying them and trying to you know do all this thing so you um in prabhupadbooks.com if you see all the original books are there and then you can actually do the search there and you know you can you can navigate the whole interface there and then you can find all these answers also soul super soul and you know heart and if, if you if you just um search there in that website you can you will get all these things so try first of all on your own and if you absolutely cannot find it then yes you ask so that will be helpful for you because you have to get into the habit of engaging with prabhupad's books the whole why are we doing this series is is just to um get everybody all the devotees serious about reading prabhupad's books because i am not the giver of knowledge here is prabhupad you know why the screen is here to show that the answers are all here in prabhupad's books so so that is the culture we have to develop all right getting back to this so therefore krishna has given his opinion uh krishna has given his opinion therefore that he is doing everything in the background so um he said this demigod worship although i have ordained it but that's not the proper way because ultimately i'm giving you everything so you have to come directly to me why you have such an agnostic feeling towards me so that's why krishna says here ye pyanya devata bhakta yajante shraddhayan vitah tepi mame va kaunteya yajanti avidhi purvakam those who are devotees of other gods and who worship them with faith actually worship only me o son of kunti but they do so in a wrong way see that those who worship the devatas they actually are, that worship is meant for him but they do so in a wrong way what is the wrong way there what is the wrong way so hari prasad prabhu said after the class you will whatsapp me the questions so yeah so try to find out the answers yourself first and when you when you cannot find something then you ask the question then that will be good all right um the wrong way is in shrimad bhagavatam canto 4 chapter 31 text 14 ಯಥಾತರೋರ್ಮೂಲಿಶೇಚನೇನಾತೃಪ್ಯಂತಿತಸ್ಕಂಧಾಸ್ಪೋರಿಂಗ್ಟರ್ಸ್ಟಮಿ
to give food to our stomach just put in the stomach or sorry to give food to the body just give food in the stomach and that will be distributed so we have to know what is the source of energy and serve that so the source of energy of everyone is krishna so even the demigods get their energy to give the benedictions they get it from krishna so therefore we have to water the root we have to serve krishna that is the proper way so krishna is saying worship me directly even if you have material desires worship me that is the proper way otherwise it's avidhi purvakam it is not the proper way although i have given you the facility to do so it is ultimately meant for you to come out of that and not just be stuck there that is what krishna is saying and therefore in the bhagavad gita finally he says in the 18th chapter 66th verse sarva dharman parityajya mamekam charanam vraja aham tvam sarva papebhyo mokshayishyam imasuchah abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me i shall deliver you from all sinful reactions do not fear abandon all varieties of religion why did he say this because all these cheating religions pseudo religions give up kaitav dharma bhagavatam calls them kaitav dharma kaitav dharma any any materially motivated religion what is materially motivated sense gratification whether it may be the senses or it may be the mind like the gyanis or like, yeah the gyanis so they want to become one with the lord and they want to enjoy as good as the lord so again it's the same disease which got us in, into this material world in the first place to think that i am as good as god so the gyanis they are coming back to the same point where we left the spiritual world and came here into this material world in the first place that we wanted to be another krishna another god as good as him so to become one with god and become as good as him is again the same thing so again it will be a cause of mm, misery so these so all these things he said give up these kind of religions and surrender unto me as the supreme personality of godhead so and become my devotee manmana bhava mad bhakta you become my devotee so devotee means bhagwan feature personal aspect so other than that every form of religion is imperfect incomplete so therefore we have that demigod worship and yes what happens so why is this uh, so what happens to those people are, who are actually demigod worshipers because they never come out of their materialistic ideas of life they never develop a good character in fact and this is how they will behave 10.88.11 of shrimad bhagavatam अतो मूदुराराध्यम हिवाजते जन ततस्तुतोषेभ्यो लब्धराज्यश्रिधता मत्ता प्रमत्ता वरदान्वयजानते बिकॉज आई एम डिफिकल्ट टू वर्शिप पीपल जनरली अवॉइड मी कृष्ण इज सेंग दिस एंड इंस्टेड वर्शिप अदर डेटीज हू आर क्विकली सैटिस्फाइड वन पीपल रिसीव किंगली ऑप्युलेंसेस फ्रॉम दीज डेटीज दे बिकम एग arrogant intoxicated intoxicated with pride and neglectful of their their duties they dare to offend even the demigods who have bestowed benedictions upon them so this is the kind of um, people demigod worshipers they're not interested in the demigods actually they're interested in their own sense gratification because the demigods give them 
they worship them. Oh, if I offend them, my sense gratification will be disturbed. So I will not offend them. That kind of feeling. So it's not about exactly respect for them. It's like a police. We know they, they are policing, but we, we try to be careful, better not do anything wrong you know, in front of the police. So that kind of feeling, it's not exactly respect, it's kind of fear. Because our sense gratification, don't want to, we don't want to disturb our own sense gratification. So that's how people look upon demigods. So that is not the proper way. Hmm. So in fact, Bhagavatam suggests 2.3.10. Actually, we will go to the previous verses. That is also good to know. So see this. What is that? Hmm. Not this. Next one. You see, I am not going to read the full Sanskrit. <laughs> there are, uh, I think, six verses here together. But we will read the English. You see what is there. One who desires to be absorbed in the impersonal Brahma Jyoti effulgence should worship the master of the Vedas, Lord Brahma or Brihaspati, the learned priest. One who desires powerful sex should worship the heavenly king, Indra. And one who desires good progeny should worship the great progenitors called the Prajapatis. One who desires good fortune should worship Durga Devi, the superintendent of the material world. One desiring to be very powerful should worship fire. And one who aspires only after money should worship the Vasus. One should worship the Rudra incarnations of Lord Shiva if he wants to be a great hero. Like Ravana wanted to do that. He, I mean, he did that. One who wants a large stock of grains should worship Aditi. One who desires to attain the heavenly planet should worship the sons of Aditi, the Adityas. One who desires a worldly kingdom should worship Vishwadeva. And one who wants to be popular with the general mass of people should worship the Sadhya demigod. One who desires a long span of life should worship the demigods known as the Ashwini Kumaras. And a person desiring a strongly built body should worship the earth. That's interesting, right? Who wants a strongly built body should worship the earth. Actually, if you see, even the so-called bodybuilders now, they lift this weights to you know on the gym and all that. What what are they doing? They are taking advantage of the gravity of the earth. And they're doing all these things and they're getting their body. So they have to worship the earth in, in that way. It's a crude form of worship. But previously, like you know, Hiranyakashipu, they had steel steel-like frames. But they did not exactly do the gym method. They did their own tapasya. But, you see, you know, all these, these, these weightlifting. What is weightlifting? Basically, you are going against the gravity of the earth and, you know, in that way, you are building your muscle. So, it is kind of worshipping the earth, you see. So, actually, if one worships the earth, demigod, also one can get the same thing. This is a more subtle way. Just like nuclear weapon. Can be done either by the, you know, the nuclear reactors and, you know, do all these missiles and everything or by mantra you can make an arrow into a um, nuclear weapon so these are subtle sciences by worshipping the demigod and by actually physically doing all the hard work the two ways um, so the Vedic civilization is more into the subtle way like like television Sanjaya could see by the mystic power that Vyasadeva benedicted him with whereas we also have that mystic power of television now we have this live telecast live broadcast of this this particular session as well on Facebook. So, this is also a live broadcast. So, this is based on the, you know, gross things like the technology, all this camera and this and that and everything. There was no camera then. There was no CCTV camera or, you know, some all kinds of cameras that were going around and then 
and the battlefield of Kurukshetra and the big film set was going on, nothing was there. <laughs> but how did uh, Sanjay see? So, that is a much more subtle science. But it, it is there. It is not, it is not there. Uh, it is there. But modern people, they just want, they just have the gross way of doing things with the gross elements. So, similarly, the worshipping the earth by doing all this weightlifting is, is the gross way. And there is also the way of worshipping the demigod. Just like going to other planets. You can go by worshipping the demigod or by so-called spaceships or by yogic power. Of course, spaceships are the least effective, which they are trying. Um, at least you can go somewhere in the space somewhere. But, you know, if you really want to go and go to the planet, you have to worship the demigod there. So, that's the most effective process. But then, yogis are there, they can just go anywhere without even worshipping a demigod. You know, that's even more effective. But, that requires a much higher level of yogic practice and, you know, accomplishment. So, these things are there. So, everything can be done in a gross way and a subtle way and a more subtle way. And finally, just depending on Krishna, it's the spiritual way. And that's how Amrish Maharaj defeated Durvasamuni. Durvasamuni, he wanted to um, rely on his yogic power and he wanted to chastise Amrish. But then Amrish, he did not even want to chastise, but Krishna wanted to chastise Durvasamuni because he was getting on his devotee's case, Ambarish's case. Then Sudarshan Chakral, you know, chased him. So, although Ambarish Maharaj personally was not a yogi and all that, but he depended, he depended on Krishna. Same thing with Prahlad Maharaj. He did not practice any yoga to, you know, all those. He did not get any, the hundred years of tapasya from Brahma or something to get immortal. No, he just depended on Krishna. So, that is a spiritual process. Just like the Vanara army of Ramachandra. They did not have any sophistication in their fighting. Whereas, Ravana's army was fully sophisticated. But even with that, with the spiritual strength, they overthrew Ravan and his entire army. So, this is spiritual strength. So, there is gross way of doing things and subtle way of doing things. And the subtle way will be, will be the more subtle you, <coughs> sorry, the more subtle you get, the more it will be effective. Hmm. And the spiritual way, which is the most subtle, that is the most effective way. By taking shelter of Krishna. Um, so, coming back to the point, where were we? Okay, uh, one who desire a strong, desires a strongly built body should worship the earth. One who desires stability in his post should worship the horizon and the earth combined. One who desires to be beautiful should worship the beautiful residence on the, of the Gandharva planet. One who desires a good wife should worship the Apsaras and the Urvashi society girls of the heavenly kingdom. One who desires domination over others should worship Lord Brahma, the head of the universe. One who desires tangible fame should worship the personality of Godhead. And one who desires a good bank balance should worship the demigod Varuna. They worship Kuvera and Lakshmi, but here Varuna is mentioned and in the, in the above, who is that? Uh, what is that? Ah. One who desires good fortune should worship Durga Devi. Durga Devi and Varuna. Nowhere Kuvera or Lakshmi. But they do like this. So anyway, and one who desires a good bank balance should worship the demigod Varuna. If one desires, you know, I, I told you this before, right? That there was one, this Lakshmi Kuvera Puja they had in the Singapore. And they invited us to participate. And then we wrote to them, I wrote to them. said, how can you bring Lakshmi and Kuvera together? Are they husband and wife or what? You know. Lakshmi is the wife of Narayan. Why she will come with Kuvera there? Huh? 
just because you want money you just put all whoever has money they just put them put them together and you do puja for them is it you don't think about whether they're going to be happy by the such puja vasus yeah vasus is also mentioned there for for wealth so you see all there no no mention of lakshmi or kuvera but this is just whimsical whimsically they're doing things so um these kinds of and, and also committing offenses in the in the in the path lakshmi will never go from narayan right she's always with narayan and if you want to please lakshmi you have to worship lakshmi narayan together right but what is this lakshmi and kuvera together you think kuvera's wife and uh, lakshmi's husband will like huh? common sense i mean just anything they will do if one desires to be a greatly learned man he should worship lord shiva and if one desires a good marital relation he should worship the chaste goddess uma the wife of lord shiva so you see this is all asambhuti worship but why is this mentioned this is what karmakanda is all about they want these 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 things now it is mentioned 2 3 10 we'll go there अकामह सर्वकामो वोक्षकाम उदारधी तीव्रेण भक्ति योगेन यजेत पुरुषं परम सो दोज जस्ट नाउ वी रेड दैट इज अविधिपूर्वकम ऑल दो इट इज मेन्शन इन द वेदर्स जस्ट टू इंड्यूस दोज पीपल हू आर अदरवाइज अगेन्स्ट विष्णु और कृष्ण सो एटलीस्ट स्टार्ट विथ डेमी गॉड वर्शिप एटलीस्ट स्टार्ट समवेर सो बट बट एक्चुअली दैट इज अविधिपूर्वकम but krishna gave that facility all right fine you slowly advance and when you come after many lifetimes when you come to the point of surrendering yes then you surrender to me and that also also happens only with um uh, association with a pure devotee so finally krishna gives his verdict i mean bhagavatam gives its verdict what is that this verse a person who has broader intelligence whether he be full of all material desire without any material desire or desiring liberation must by all means worship the supreme whole the personality of godhead whether one has material desire or not one has to worship krishna that is the correct path the correct vidhi it's not avidhi that is called proper path to worship krishna no matter what even if material materialistic desire also it is not pure devotion you start unless like dhruv maharaj he started sthana abhilashi tapase sthito ham tvam praptavan deva munindra guhyam kacham vichinvan api divya ratnam swamin kritarthosmi varam nayache so he he said i was wanting this big position greater than brahma and in that mood i started worshiping you but now i have got a new now after seeing you i consider that you are like a valuable diamond and compared to this those desires were like broken pieces of glass i was asking for some broken glass but you gave me a diamond so that's what krishna says i mean the bhagavatam says here 51927 satyam dishatyarthitam arthito nirnam naivarthado yat punararthitayatah स्वयं विधत्ते भजताम अनिच्छताम इच्छापिधानम निजपादपल्लवम द सुप्रीम पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉड हैड फुलफिल्स द मटेरियल डिजायर्स ऑफ अ डिवोटी हु अप्रोचेस हिम विद सच मोटिव्स बट ही डज नॉट बेस्ट आउट बेनेडिक्शंस अपॉन द डिवोटी दैट विल कॉज हिम टू डिमांड मोर बेनेडिक्शंस अगेन 
However, the Lord willingly gives the devotee shelter at his own lotus feet, even though such a person does not aspire for it. Anichatam. But then, Ichapidhanam. And that shelter satisfies all his desires. Uh, this that is a supreme personality's special mercy. So we will also get what we want, but in a way that we will get far more. We will get the lotus feet of the Lord, and after getting that, automatically we will not want anything anymore. So we are asking for broken pieces of glass, but He is willing to give us the most valuable diamond Himself. So we have to be open to that. We should not be adamant. No, 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 no. I don't want the diamond. I want the broken piece of glass only. That is a fool. That is how. That is why people don't worship Krishna, because then they're not interested. You know, they want they want to be happy here only. No, I want the broken piece of glass. These kind of fools, they will they will engage in uh, demigod worship. So you see, that is the position. Now, this is this is all asambhuti worship. Not yet. This is all karmis, asambhuti, but karmis. Now the pseudo religions. There are pseudo religions. Actually, this is explained in later part in the purport. Probably we'll go there and then we'll look at this. Okay, we'll go back to the purport of Ishopanishad. Ishopanishad uh, mantra twelve. See. Since the living being is materially entangled here, he has to be relieved from material bondage entirely to attain permanent relief on the spiritual plane where eternal bliss, life and knowledge exist. So, he cannot just try to solve temporary uh, problems with temporary relief. He has to make permanent solution and that is only possible on the spiritual plane. Sri Ishopanishad therefore instructs that we should not seek temporary relief of our difficulties by worshipping the dependent demigods who can bestow only temporary benefit. Antavattu phalam tesham tad bhavati alpamedhasam. We will go back and come here. Seven dot twenty-three. Antavattu phalam tesham tad bhavati alpamedhasam. Devan devaya joyanti madbhakta yanti mamapi. Men of small intelligence worship the demigods, and their fruits are limited and temporary. Those who worship the demigods go to the planets of the demigods, but my devotees ultimately reach my supreme planet. Hiranyakashipu asked. Um, Brahma for immortality. He said, I can't give, I am myself, I am not immortal. What can I give you immortality? So, it is temporary. But Prahlad Maharaj, by taking shelter of Krishna, even without asking, he was given the immortality. How much ever he was attempted to be killed, but he did not die. See? Okay, going back. Rather, we must worship the absolute personality of Godhead Krishna, who is all-attractive, and who can bestow upon us complete freedom from material bondage by taking us back home, back to Godhead. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita 7.23 that the worshippers of the demigods can go to the planets of the demigods. The moon worshippers can go to the moon, the sun worshippers to the sun, etc. Modern scientists are now venturing to the moon with the help of rockets, but this is not really a new attempt. With their advanced consciousness, human beings are naturally inclined to travel in outer space and to reach other planets, especially, sorry, either by spaceships, mystic powers or demigod worship. In the Vedic scriptures, it is said that one can reach other planets by any one of these three ways, but the most common way is by worshipping the demigod presiding over 
a particular planet. Although it is said that you can have these spaceships, it is not exactly, the spaceships are not exactly the way they are in this, in this. Because there are also other spaceships like demigods, they move in spaceships also and they can come in spaceships here. Their spaceships are much more advanced than ours. Hmm. And they don't make sound like this. They don't have these noisy engines. They look silent, absolutely silent and swift like the wind. Very, very fast. Just like Pushpaka Vimana. Ravana took uh, Sita away in Pushpaka Vimana. And that is a plane, but it is not like, a, like our current plane. It's um, completely silent and fully nicely decorated and nice gardens and everything is there. So, completely way, way superior to our current aviation. <clears throat> so, there are three ways by spaceships, by uh, mystic powers and by demigod worship. But the common, most common way is by demigod worship as Prabhupada said here. In this way, one can reach the moon planet, the sun planet and even Brahmaloka, the topmost planet in the universe. However, all planets in the material universe are temporary residences. The only permanent planets are the Vaikunthalokas. These are found in the spiritual sky where the personality of Godhead himself predominates. As Lord Krishna states in the Bhagavad Gita 8.16, Abrahma Bhuvana Loka Punaravartino Juna Mamupetya to Kaunteya Punar Janmana Vidyate. 8.16 From the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest, all are places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place. But one who attains my abode, O son of Kunti, never takes birth again. Sri Ishopanishad points out that one who worships the demigods and attains to their material planets still remains in the darkest region of the universe. Why? Why it is said that demigod worshippers go to the darkest region? Because this material world is dark. Even the heavenly planets is within this material world, right? That is explained here, you see. The whole universe is covered by the gigantic material elements. The whole universe is like a shell. He explains a nice, uh, nice example here. The whole universe is covered by the gigantic material elements. It is just like a coconut covered by a shell and half filled with water. Since its covering is airtight, the darkness within is dense. And therefore, the sun and the moon are required for illumination. So actually, by this shell, the coconut does not receive the sunlight. Similarly, this universe is like that shell, airtight. And therefore, the Brahma Jyoti, the light of the Brahma Jyoti does not come into the materialistic, in this material universe at all. Because it is dark inside, so dark. Therefore, there is a, this sun. Uh, sun is required to illuminate. Outside the universe is the vast and unlimited Brahma Jyoti expansion which is filled with Vaikuntha Lokas. The biggest and highest planet in the Brahma Jyoti is Krishna Loka or Goloka Vrindavan where the Supreme Personality of Godhead Sri Krishna himself resides. Lord Sri Krishna never leaves Krishna Loka. Although he dwells there with his eternal associates, he is omnipresent omnipresent throughout the complete material and spiritual cosmic manifestations. This fact has already been explained in the mantra 4. Aneja dekam manasojaviyo nainad deva apnuvan purvamarshad taddhavatonyan atyeti tishta tasmin apomata He is at one place but at the same time he walks. 
you know he is far and near the same time so in that way he is he is present always in the krishna loka in in the highest planet in the spiritual sky and at the same time he is also in he is very near to us just sitting in our own heart just next to us This fact has already been explained in Mantra 4. The Lord is present everywhere, just like the sun. Yet, He is situated in one place, just as the sun is situated in its own undeviating orbit. So, the sun, perfect example. So, the sun is there in the sky. But at the same time, we say, you know, when the sunlight comes into the room of the win- from the window, oh, the sun is coming, you know, sun has, the sun has come into the room. It's not, if the real sun would have come into the room, there would be no room, no room there. So, Sun coming means the sunlight is coming. So, sun is existing in, in its sunlight, in the form of sunlight and it is all pervading. So, the Supreme Lord is, you know, Maya tatam idam sarvam jagadavyakta murti na matsthani bhutani nachaham teshva vasthitaha 9.4 of Bhagavad Gita. In case you do not know. 9.4 Matsthani Sarvabhutani, yes. By me, in my unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. All beings are in me, but I am not in them. See? Although he is saying I am not in them, in the, in the form of Paramatma, he is there. I am not in them means we cannot think that, although everything is within him, we cannot think, like for example, um, say this water bottle in every, in every molecule there is the Lord right but we cannot worship the water bottle and the altar and put, worship and you know give a flower and arati so the, the Lord is there even in the tiger's heart but it's not that we go and embrace the tiger right so that way so it's not that we should worship everything now oh, because Lord is everywhere everything is God that is the wrong conception that's why he said that word that's what Prabhupada will explain in the purport in the, of this verse Okay, going back. <clears throat> so, although the sun is everywhere, he is still situated in his, in his own orbit. So, sun is within our room and also in, the, in its orbit there. You know, this is, uh, this, is the, this is the same way that the Lord also exists. The problems of life cannot be solved simply by going to the moon planet or to some other planet above or below it. Therefore, Sri Ishopanishad advises us not to bother with any destination within this dark material universe. Andham tama pravishanti ye sambhutim upasate. Wherever you go, you are still within the dark material universe. It's not worth it. <clears throat> um, therefore, Sri Ishopanishad advises us not to bother with any destination within this dark material universe, but to try to get out of it and reach the effulgent kingdom of God. There are many pseudo worshippers who become religionists only for the sake of name and fame. Such pseudo-religionists do not wish to get out of this universe and reach the spiritual sky. They only want to maintain the status quo in the material world under the garb of worshipping the Lord. The atheists and impersonalists lead such foolish pseudo-religionists into the darkest regions by preaching the cult of atheism. The atheist directly denies the existence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the impersonalist the impersonalists support the atheists by stressing the impersonal aspect of the Supreme Lord. The atheists, they deny the Lord. The impersonalists, they assist the atheists. They, because they also say, yes, there is 
find you know the universe you know we worship the universe you know the all pervading power and they talk all these terms which again mean the same thing basically there is no god so they are supporting by their indirect indirect um, you know uh, pointers <coughs> um the atheist yes Thus far, we have not come across any mantra in Sri Ishopanishad in which the supreme personality of Godhead is denied. Thus far, and also in the entire Ishopanishad, we will not come to that. It is said that he can run faster than anyone. Those who are running after other planets are certainly persons. And if the Lord can run faster than all of them, how can he be impersonal? Now, okay, forget about running to planets. Just take fastest runner in this world today. I mean. Uh, who was that? Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. He's the fastest Olympic runner. Now, it's a person, right? So, if, if he can run faster than others, he's a person. Uh, where is such a thing that, you know, he can run faster than others that, that he is an impersonal? So, when the Ishopanishad is saying that he is, he can run faster than anyone else, that means he's, he's, he's a person. Hmm. How can he be impersonal? The impersonal conception of the Supreme Lord is another form of ignorance arising from an imperfect conception of the Absolute Truth. Now, just this part, um, the atheists, pseudo-religionists do not wish to get out. This part, the pseudo-religionists do not wish to get out of this universe and raise a spiritual sky. They only want to maintain the status quo in the material world under the garb of worshipping the Lord, the atheists and impersonals lead such foolish pseudo-religionists into the darkest regions by preaching the cult of atheism. Now, what is religion and what is not religion? What is pseudo-religion? We need to understand the distinctions. And if we don't, we are carving a very dark future for ourselves. Because andham tamah pravishanti, as today's verse is there. So, we need to know what is real religion, what is irreligion, and what is seeming religion, but kaitavadharma, cheating religion, pseudo-religion. We have to know these things. So, Bhagavad Gita 18 chapter says, 18.31 if I am not wrong. Okay, 18.30 first. Pravrittim cha nivrittim cha karya karye bhaya bhaye bandham moksham cha yavetti buddhi saapartha satviki O son of Pritha, that understanding by which one knows what ought to be done and what ought not to be done, what is to be feared and what is not to be feared, what is binding and what is liberating is in the mode of goodness. So there are some things to be feared. Not that, oh, I am fearless and I am very daring and I do all nonsense. You know, it is said that fools rush in where angels fear to tread. So, we should not be fools. Oh, I don't fear anything as if we are the supreme controller. We, we don't have any control. So, I, I've seen some shows, you know, reality shows of, you know, they want to, what is that, X Factor or something like this kind of show. And there, you know, one episode, I don't know, somebody shared with me, I was disgusted with the whole thing. So, they have to eat insects, you know, live insects they have to just put in their mouth. It's horrible, you know, all insects everywhere, you know, one full big pot of insects and he has to put his hand there and he has to eat cockroaches or whatever it may be, grasshoppers or whatever, all live and eat them. It's like a box and they open and take them and then eat them. 
I'm, 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 and he has to eat in front of the camera and, and show that he's very, you know, you know, I'm not like, oh, I'm scared of cockroach, scared of harassment. No, I'm very brave. I'm, I'm, I don't fear anything. And then it got even worse. Worms, like all those worms. And then it got even worse. They, they put a cow, a cow's eye, you know, the eye, they plucked the eye out. I mean, not, not on camera, but the eye was there of the cow. And he had to eat the eye of the cow. It's a raw eye of the cow. And he just and he just took it and ate it. I mean, they think you know they're very brave and they're very macho and all that. You know, when they go to hell, even a woman wouldn't cry like that. They will cry like that. They're, now they're trying to be macho, right? Uh, even a woman wouldn't cry the way they they're going to cry when they go to hell. That 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 bad they're going to cry. So, so there, is, there are things to be feared. We have to fear sinful activities and we have to be careful and cautious about Maya. We can't just be, you know, fearless. We, we, we are not the supreme controllers. We are completely under the control. Hmm. So, when we do that macho game, then Maya, you know, she will slap us down. You want, you want to be macho in front of me, I will slap you down. Maya is a and we will be KO'd, completely knocked out. <laughs> Yeah, don't think that because she's female or we can be we can we can be you know macho macho one tight slap we will get and then we will we will fall down never to rise again for millions of years actually because if we once the slap from maya one ko shot from you know uh, maya we get and then we i don't know how many millions of years to come back to the human form again you know for millions of years we will be knocked out no chance of self-realization so these things have to be feared we have to fear the the maya Prahlad Maharaj himself said, I don't fear Narasimhadev, your, your sharp claws, your you know, ghastly teeth and your fiery eyes and all your angry expressions and the, the widespread destruction that you have caused. All these things do not um, induce any fear in me. But Maya, oh, I'm, I fear Maya. He said that. Because, of course, it's not, it's not exactly fear. Fear means... You know, there's that chance of falling down. So, one has to be very, very cautious. One has to be very fearful and then pray to Krishna always for protection. So, that I so that I, I will never fall away from service to Krishna. This is should this should be our prayers. Please, you know, Hare Krishna, when we are chanting, what is that? Please take me out from the control of Maya and please put me under your control. Let me be your servant. I don't want to be servant of Maya. That is chanting Hare Krishna. So, if we don't do like that, if we don't take shelter of Krishna, Maya Metam, what is that? Maamevaya Prapadyante Maya Metam Tarantite, chapter 7, text 14 of Bhagavad Gita. So, unless we take shelter of Krishna, we cannot cross the Maya. We cannot be macho here. Hmm. <clears throat> okay, so, um, so this is goodness, religion and mode of goodness, right? Next. <clears throat> Yaya dharmam adharmam cha karyam cha karyam eva cha Ayathavat prajanati buddhihi sapartha rajasi O son of Pritha, that understanding which cannot distinguish between religion and irreligion, between action that should be done and action that should not be done, is in the mode of passion. This is very dangerous. If we do not know what is to be done and what is to be not, not to be done, 
then everybody will have their opinions and then you know they will take majority vote and then they will follow that and then in this way we will get more and more deeper into ignorance because we are taking advice from asambhuti dependent people in this world who are bewildered by maya we are by taking their opinions we are going more and more deeper into them the quagmire of material existence so next one even worse adharmam dharmamitiya manyate tam tamasavrita sarvarthan viparitamscha buddhihisapartatamasi that understanding which considers irreligion to be religion and religion to be irreligion under the spell of illusion and darkness and strives always in the wrong direction or partha is in the mode of ignorance here it is not about being not clear about what religion and religion irreligion is but they are very clear so called quote unquote clear that irreligion is religion religion is irreligion so they are they are, they are so convinced about us this is in the mode of ignorance and today today majority 99.9% of the people are in the passion and ignorance category they don't know what is religion what is not religion sometimes they take irreligion to be religion and religion to be irreligion how can somebody do terrorist activities if you know if, if he knows what is religion he does not terrorist we are talking about terrorist we are we are so selfish our human definitions are so selfish de- selfish definitions because we call it terrorist when we are terrorized when we terrorize others that's not terrorism that's food industry that's you know and they, they even make the you know mcdonald and then the and the, and the kfc kentucky they make the chicken dance you know the, the animation for that reason i mean come on you, you're terrorizing the chicken terrorizing the goats and all these animals and then you say that they're dancing oh yeah they're ready we are we are ready to be food for you and they dance what is this this is utter rubbish nonsense and now they are saying so much you know black lives matter and stuff and what about animals huh? why why are we so proud that you know we have to kill therefore these people they don't understand things as they are they talk rubbish uh, they they eat rubbish and they talk rubbish input rubbish output rubbish <clears throat> and they think oh this is fine this is good yeah uh. so we call it terrorism when we are terrorized oh but then when animal terrorists oh that, that is that is poultry that is that is food industry this is so selfish nonsense this is because why they do not know what ought to be done what ought not to be done uh, what is religion what is irreligion what is pious what is impious what is binding what is liberating they do not know completely in ignorance hmm. so this kind of people when they so called follow religion they are actually practicing irreligion in the name of religion and real religion they take it as a religion so therefore to push on the krishna consciousness movement in this kali yuga is such a big challenge because nobody understands nobody understands what what we are trying to do here they don't understand the benefit of krishna consciousness movement so going back oh yeah now and because people do not know what is religion and irreligion or they have perverted understandings of religion there are cheaters out there who take advantage of the situation now what they do they introduce kaitava dharma 
Okay, this is actually the, not the introduced. This is Vedic religion first. Then we will go to the actual Kaita Dharma, which the ordinary people introduce. First, we will go to one, one, two. Dharma projita kaita votra paramo nirmatsaranam satam. So you see, projita kaitava. Kaitava, dharma projita kaitava. So any kaitava dharma is thrown out of this Bhagavatam. Kaitava dharma means what? Dharma means religion, kaitava means cheating. Cheating religions, religious processes are far thrown out from the Bhagavatam. Far thrown out. And what is worshipped? Atra paramo nirmatsaranam satam Vedyam vastavam atra vastu shivadam Tapatrayon mulanam Shreemad bhagavate mahamunikrite Kimvaparai rishvara Sadyo hridya varudhya tetra kritibhi Shusru shubhish tatkshanat Completely rejecting all religious activities which are materially motivated. Remember, this is the second verse of Bhagavatam, just the very beginning of Bhagavatam. And this corresponds to the end of Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says, Sarvadharman parityajya mamekam saranam Abandon all these, all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. That means what? Surrendering to Krishna is the real religion. And abandon all varieties of religion means those are all these kaita of dharma. We have to give them up and surrender unto him. And this Bhagavatam is just... You know, Bhagavad Gita has passed on the baton of religion to the Bhagavatam and Bhagavatam is carrying it forward. And Bhagavatam will pass on the baton to Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Charitamrita is the highest scripture. So, Bhagavatam is, you know, carrying forward from where Bhagavad Gita left off. And therefore, here it is said, starting itself. Whereas, Krishna explained so many things and finally got to the point of give up everything and surrender unto me. Bhagavatam starts at the point where giving up everything, surrendering to Krishna and now what is the life after surrender to Krishna? Whereas the Mayavadis say that's it, liberation means that's the end that's the Sunya, everything zero but no, Bhagavatam starts at that point where impersonalists end their materialistic activities ended the Kaitav Dharma ended and they think Sunya is the real thing but this end of Kaitav Dharma is the start of Bhagavatam if it was Sunya, why 18,000 verses are describing this this um, this dharma, real dharma? So therefore, uh, this is the real positive activity and devotional service. So therefore, it is said, completely rejecting all religious activities which are materially motivated. Even the Vedic religious activities like the Karmakanda, even the heavenly planets, and all this stuff rejected. Although we have seen what those verses, which demigod, you know, which these are mentioned and the conclusion is given there. Although this is there in the Karmakanda section, conclusion is that you have to actually, by right, only worship Krishna, even though if you have all these things. Although these are mentioned in the Vedas, in other places. So, that in that way it is mentioned. So, everything is always connected back to Krishna, always, the whole Bhagavatam. So, completely rejecting all religious activities which are materially motivated, this Bhagavat Puran propounds the highest truth, which is understandable by those devotees who are fully pure in heart. The highest truth is reality distinguished from illusion. See that? The highest truth is reality distinguished from illusion. Not that illusion and reality kind of mix together and then we think that is actually reality. But we are still in illusion. The, like they think that is religion. The Vedavadaratha. But they actually in illusion. They are still following. So, they are mixing up re- reality and illusion. They are kind of following religious process but then again the aim is the sense gratification. So, that is. But here, 
The highest truth is reality distinguished from illusion for the welfare of all. Such truth approves the threefold miseries. This beautiful Bhagavatam, threefold miseries are Adhyatmic, Adhibhautik, Adhidaivik. This beautiful Bhagavatam compiled by the great sage Vyasadeva in his maturity is sufficient in itself for God realization. What is the need of any other scripture? As soon as one attentively and submissively hears the message of Bhagavatam, by this culture of knowledge, the Supreme Lord is established within his heart. This is Bhagavatam. So this is real religion. And another verse is also there. 126 The supreme occupation, dharma, for all humanity is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendent Lord. Such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. This is real dharma. Real dharma. That's why it's called Paraha, Dharma, sublime occupation, real religion. Now, let's look at the cheating religions. There are different divisions of che- cheating religions that are going on. 7, 15, 12. Vidharmaha paradharmascha abhasa upamachalaha adharma shakhaha panchema Dharmagnyo dharmavatyajet. Last line you see. Dharmagnya, one who is aware of religious principles should give up these five um, adharma practices. So that means to give up something, we should know what is that to be given up. Just like we say, no meat eating, no illicit sex, no gambling, no intoxication. That is adharma. So we should know what is adharma. Adharma means eat meat eating, illicit sex, gambling, intoxication. And then Understanding that as a religion, we should stay away from that. Not that we are only chanting Krishna's name and we don't know what is to be given up. No, we should know what to be given up. We should know that that is Adharma. We should not mix up reality distinguished from illusion. We should not mix up reality and illusion together and we will go nowhere. Just like if we are rowing the boat and the anchor is there, down there, not released and the boat won't go anywhere. So we want to go into this um, uh, spiritual path and we don't leave our anchor. I mean, we don't let go of the anchor then we are not going anywhere, right? Therefore, we have to know what is to be given up and what is to be accepted. So, therefore, we have to know what is adharma also. There are five branches of irreligion, appropriately known as irreligion, vidharma, religious principles for one, for which one is unfit, paradharma, pretentious religion, abhasa, analogical religion, upadharma, and cheating religion, chaladharma. One who is aware of real religious life must abandon these five as irreligious. Now, we'll read the purport also. Any religious principles opposed to the principle of surrendering to the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna are to be considered religious principles of irregularity or cheating. See? And one who is actually interested, one who is actually interested, where are we? I lost myself. Uh, and one who is actually interested in religion must give them up. Okay, one should simply follow the instructions of Krishna and surrender unto him. To do this, of course, one needs very good intelligence, which may be awakened after many, many births through good association with devotees and the practice of Krishna consciousness. Everything but the principle of religion recommended by Krishna, Sarvadharman Parityajya Mamekam Sharanam Raja, should be given up as irreligion. 
Now mark these words. Everything other than Sarvadharman, Parityajya, Mahamekam, Saranamraja is irreligion. So all those Sarvadharman, irreligion. Same thing actually, we will, we, will, we will go somewhere and come back here. You see, Brahma Samhita, if you go, uh, 61 I think. Dharman Anyan Parityajya, Maamekam Bhajavishvasan. Of course, Yadrashi Yadrashi Shraddha, Siddhir Bhavati Tadrashi. See, abandoning all meritorious performances serve me with faith. So, Dharman Anyan, every other dharma, Give up. Parityajya. Maamekam bhajavishvasan. Worship me. Same thing what Krishna told Arjuna, he told Brahma in the beginning of creation. So it is never changing. The knowledge always stays the same. What has been told millions of years ago was told 5000 years ago. It's not that, oh, Bhagavad Gita is old fashioned now, we need to change. Therefore, some cheating religion, some chaladharma, you know, some, some cheating religion is introduced nowadays. That's not to be done. As it is. As it is. That's why our Bhagavad Gita is as it is. So, next. So, again, going to this translation. There are five branches of religion. So, Vidharma, Paradharma, Abhasa, Upadharma, Chaladharma. Now, definition of each is given. Dharma badho vidharma syat paradharmo nyachoditaha upadharmas tu pakhando dambho vashabdabhichalaha Religious principles that obstruct one from following his own religion are called Vidharma. Religious principles introduced by others are called Paradharma. A new type of religion created by one who is falsely proud and who opposes the principles of the Vedas is called Upadharma. And interpretation by one's jugglery of words is called Chaladharma. Now, purport. Wow. But it's good. We need to learn because this, this is the subject now, right? To create a new type of Dharma has become fashionable in this age. So-called Swamis and Yogis support that one may follow any type of religious system according to their own choice, one's own choice, because all systems are ultimately the same. That's what they, they think. Uh, the support, the Swamis and Yogis support that one may follow any, any type of religious system according to one's own choice and because all systems are ultimately the same. In Srimad Bhagavatam, however, such fashionable ideas are called Vidharma because they go against one's own religious system. The real religious system is described by the Supreme, Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sarvadharman Parityajjamamekam Sharanam Braja. The real religious system is that of surrender of the surrender to the lotus feet of the Lord. In the sixth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, in connection with Ajamal's, Ajamal's deliverance, Yamaraj says, Dharmam tu sakshat Bhagavat Pranitam, 6.3.19. Real religion is that which is given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Just as real law is that which is given by the government. We can't create law in our home. We can create, I mean, we can write, but nobody will, no, it, it, it will not come to pass. It, it just is not true. We can hoodwink some people, maybe our neighbors and stuff, but it's not going to act. When you go to the court of law, and then nothing will work there. Similarly, we may create our own conceptions here, but when after death we are taken to the place of Yamaraj, that time nothing of those, none of those rules we have created here will work. No, no one can manufacture actual law at home, nor can one manufacture actual religion. Elsewhere it is said, Savaipum Sam Parodharmo Yato Bhakti Radhokshaje. 1.2.6, we have just seen that. The real religious system is that which leads one to become a devotee of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, anything opposed to this religious system of progressive Krishna consciousness is called Vidharma, Paradharma, Upadharma, or Chaladharma. Misinterpretation of Bhagavad Gita is Chaladharma. When Krishna directly says something and some rascal interprets it to mean something different, this is Chaladharma. 
a religious system of cheating or shabdabhit a jugglery of words one should ex- one should be extremely careful to avoid these various types of cheating systems of religion ಸಿಂಹಸ್ತ್ರಿಯಾಕೃತಹಪುಂಭಿರ್ಆಭಾಸೋಹಿ similarity so these are all different kinds of cheating religious processes we should stay afar we should stay far away from them so that is pseudo religion still asambhuti because it's not sambhuti yet now we will come to the point of sambhuti let's see wow we have okay now Therefore, Sri Ishopanishad advises us not to bother with any destination within this dark material universe, but to try to get out of it and reach the effulgent kingdom of God. There are many pseudo-worshippers who become religionists for the sake of name and fame. Such pseudo-religionists do not wish to get out of this universe and reach the spiritual sky. They only want to maintain the status quo in the spiritual world under the garb of worshipping the Lord. The atheists and impersonalists lead such, foolo- su- sorry, lead such foolish pseudo-religionists into the darkest regions of earth. regions by preaching the cult of atheism the atheist directly denies the existence of the supreme lord personality of godhead and the impersonalists support the atheists by stressing the impersonal aspect of the supreme lord so this is atheists and impersonalists basically the same category just different ways they are saying the same thing thus far we have not come across any mantra in sri ishopanishad in which the supreme personality of godhead is denied It is said that he can run faster than anyone those who are running after other planets are certainly persons and if the lord can run faster than all of them how can he be impersonal the impersonal conception of the supreme lord is another form of ignorance arising from an imperfect conception of the absolute truth the ignorant pseudo religionists and the manufacturers of so called incarnations who directly violate the vedic injunctions are liable to enter into the darkest region of the universe because they mislead those who follow them these impersonalists generally pose themselves as incarnations of god to foolish persons who have no knowledge of vedic wisdom if such foolish men have any knowledge at all it is more dan- dangerous in their hands than ignorance itself such impersonalists do not even worship the demigods according to the scriptural recommendations <laughs> so they do not at least the demigod worshipers they worship uh, the demigods which is still part of the vedic culture although it is not proper way but still at least in the vedic culture but these people completely they do something else you know such impersonalists do not even worship the demigods according to the scriptural recommendations in the scriptures there are recommendations for worshiping demigods under circumsta- certain circumstances but at the same time these scriptures state that there is normally no need for this in the bhagavad gita 7.23 it is clearly stated that, re- that the results derived from worshiping the demigods are not permanent since the entire material universe is impermanent whatever is achieved within the darkness of material existence is also impermanent the question is how to obtain real and permanent life the lord states that as soon as one reaches him by devotional service which is the one and only way to approach the personality of godhead huh? um 
Bhaktyaham Ekayagrahya. It's there both in the. We'll, we'll go to this and come back. Devotional service is the only way to go to Godhead. Every other way will fail. 18.55 Bhaktya mama bhijanati yavan yaschasmitatvataha tato mamtatvato gnyatva vishatetad anantaram One can understand me as I am, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, only by devotional service. And when one is in full consciousness of me by such devotion, he can enter into the kingdom of God. Bhaktyaham ekayagrahya. I think it's 11.14.21. Yeah. Srimad Bhagavatam 11. 1421 Bhaktyaham ekayagrahya shraddhayatma priyasatam bhaktihi punati mannishtha svapakana pisambhavat Only by practicing unalloyed devotional service with full faith in me can one obtain me, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I am naturally dear to my devotees who take me as the only goal of their loving service. By engaging in such pure devotional service, even the dog eaters can purify themselves from the contamination of their low birth. So, unalloyed devotional service, <coughs> bhaktyaham ekaya grahya. Only by bhakti I can be grahya means captured. So, the devotional service is one and only way to approach personality of Godhead. Then, one attains complete freedom from the bondage of birth and death. In other words, the path of salvation from the material clutches fully depends on the principles of knowledge and detachment gained from serving the Lord. See, you have to get detached from this material world, you have to have knowledge, but that is attained by engaging in devotional service to the Lord, by hearing from Him, chanting His name, engaging in His service. The pseudo-religionists have neither knowledge nor detachment from material affairs. For most of them want to live in the golden shackles of material bondage under the shadow of philanthropic activities disguised as religious principles. How much of that we don't see today? How much is that? Everything is that only. Practically this is all what we see. By a false display of religious sentiments, they present a show of devotional service while indulging in all sorts of immoral activities. In this way, they pass as spiritual masters and devotees of God. Such violators of religious principles have no respect for the authoritative acharyas, the holy teachers in the strict disciplic succession. They ignore the Vedic injunction, Acharyo Pasana, one must worship the Acharya. And Krishna's statement in the Bhagavad Gita, Evam Parampara Praptam, this supreme science of God is received, received through the disciplic succession. Instead, to mislead the people in general, they themselves become so-called Acharyas, but they do not even follow the principles of the Acharyas. See? Huh? The pseudo-religionists, you know, they themselves become Acharyas, but do not even follow the principles of Acharya. These rogues are the most dangerous elements in human society. See, they are the most dangerous. Because there is no religious government, they, they escape punishment by the law of the state. They cannot, however, escape the law of the Supreme, who has clearly declared in the Bhagavad Gita that envious demons in the garb of religious propagandists shall be thrown into the darkest regions of hell. Bhagavad Gita 16.19 and 20. Sri Ishopanishad confirms that these pseudo-religionists are heading toward the most obnoxious place in the universe after the completion of their spiritual master business, which they conduct simply for sense gratification. It's not over. It's not over. Because 
दिस असूडो रिलीजनिस्ट फाइन नाउ यऊ संभूत्यामृता तथो भूय इवते तमो यऊ संभूत्यामृता द लास्ट टू लाइन्स द वन्स हू वर्शिप द इंपर्सनल गो इवन डीपर इन टू द इन टू इग्नोरेन्स सो दिस इज एक्सप्लेन श्रीमद्भागतम टेन टू थर्टी टू बिकॉज दस फार वी हैव स्टडीड यू नो डेमिगॉड वर्शिप एंड सूडो रिलीजन फाइन नाउ संभूत्याम इंपर्सनल ऑल्सो वी हैव टच्ड नाउ देर इज मोर एक्सप्लेनेशन चैतन्य चरितामृता which you know just we want to show it here as well so because that is the topic anyway so um shrimad bhagavatam 10 to 32 says about the gyanis those who are impersonalists what happens to them yenyeravindaksha vimuktam aninas tvayasta bhavada vishuddha buddhayah aruhya krichrena param padam tatah patantyadho nadrita yushmadam krayah so the patantyadho they go again they fall down you see oh lotus eyed lord although non devotees who accept severe austerities and penances to achieve the highest position may think themselves liberated huh, their intelligence is impure they fall down from their position of imagined superiority because they have no regard for your lotus feet so they they still don't do not actually get complete liberation they again fall down into this material what is that अंधम तम प्रवशंती उपासते तथो भूय इवते तमो यऊ संभूत्यामृता इनफैक्ट दे बिकम लाइक स्टोन बिकॉज दे वॉन्ट टू बिकम स्टोन बिकॉज दे वॉन्ट टू बिकम विदउट एक्टिविटी राइट सो दे बिकम एज ट्रीज एंड स्टोन दे बिकम लाइक दैट दे सो डीप दे गो आई थिंक समवेर इट इज मेन्शन राइट ट्रीज एंड स्टोन Four twenty-two thirty-three. Mm. Well, for human society, constantly thinking of thinking of how to earn money and applying it for sense gratification brings about the destruction of everyone's interests. When one becomes devoid of knowledge and devotional service, he enters into species of life like those of trees and stones. This is not exactly of impersonalists, um, but you know, they also want to become something like this. A stone. Stone does not do anything. Impersonalist also he does not want to do anything. he does not want to render devo- devotional service to the lord and therefore he wants to remain like a sunya nothing then how long he can stay like that but the, because the soul is active and he had, it has to the soul has to have some activity to do but when it does not do anything material and does not do anything spiritual because there is no information of spiritual it comes back to again material so that is andham tamah pravishanti and they go deeper when you go higher the fall is greater right so these people aruhya krichrena parampadam tatah patantyatha anadrita yushmadam krayah so this is there so what about the other sambhuti other feature of sambhuti which is yoga which is the paramatmavadis what about them what happens to them now this is interesting cc madhya where is that Six, yeah. Six dot two six nine. Although Paramatma understanding is higher than impersonalistic understanding, you see actually what happens here. Hmm. 
Yeah, so Virendra Prabhu has suggested, yes, actually 12.5, we'll go there first. Fair enough. Bhagavad Gita, chapter 12, text 5. Kleshothi katarastesham avyakta sakta chetasam avyakta hi gatir dukham dehavad bhiravapyate avyakta hi gatir dukham For those whose minds are attached to the unmanifested impersonal feature of the Supreme, advancement is very troublesome. To make progress in that discipline is always difficult for those who are embodied. So this is impersonalism, right? So now, go back to the this verse. Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhulla chapter 6, text 269. Brahme Ishvare Sayujya Duita Prakar Brahma Sayujya Hoyte Ishvara Sayujya Dhikkar Now, Sarvam Bhattacharya continued. There are two kinds of Sayujya Mukti. That means merging into the Supreme Lord. One is merging into the Brahman effulgence and second one is the merging into the personal body of the Lord. Merging into the Lord's body is even more abominable than merging into his effulgence. The real Paramatmavadis, they are meant to meditate on the form of the Lord. Dhyana vasthita tadgatena manasa pashantiyam yoginaha. So yogis, they have to meditate on the form of the Lord in the heart. But to become one with that to to become one with the form of the lord is again the same disease which started our material life in the first place now here in this verse it is said sarvabhambhadasara says merging into the lord's body is even more abominable than merging into his effulgence why okay now this purport explains everything it is a bit long but we will read on According to the opinion of the Mayavadi Vedantists, the living entity's ultimate success is to merge into the impersonal Brahman. That is their highest success. Mayavadis. The impersonal Brahman or bodily effulgence of the Supreme Lord is known as Brahmaloka or, Sid- or Siddhaloka. According to the Brahma Samhita 5.40, Yasya Prabha Prabhavato Jagadanda Koti The material universes are generated from the bodily rays of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yogis who follow the principles of Patanjali, Patanjali yoga system. <clears throat> the yogis who follow the principles of Patanjali accept the personality of the absolute truth, but they want to merge into the transcendental body of the Supreme Lord. That is their desire. Being the greatest authority, the Supreme Lord can easily allow many millions of living entities to merge into his body. The origin of um, into his body. The origin of everything is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavan, and his bodily effulgence is known as the Brahma Jyoti, Brahmaloka or Siddhaloka. Thus, Brahmaloka or Siddhaloka is a place where many spark-like living entities, parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord are assembled. So the Brahma Jyoti, just like the sunshine, if we see from the screen of the window, we will see small, small particles. Of course, many are dust particles also. But the light is also like small, small particles, the atoms, the paramano, it is said. So, even quantum physics also says something like that. So, the packets of energy. So, anyway. So, the sunshine is nothing but so many shining particles from the sun. Similarly, the Brahma Jyoti, the vast effulgence of the Supreme Lord, in that vast effulgence, there there are these shining spark-like living entities. Those souls who want to merge into the effulgence of the Lord, they end up there in the Brahma Jyoti and they become one of those small particles in the entire, the vast 
light of Brahma Jyoti. That's where they are suspended. They, they are not allowed to go into a Vaikuntha planet. They just are suspended in the sky, in the spiritual sky. And because of no activity, they have to come back to this material world. But if they associate with a pure devotee there somehow or other, maybe the pure devotee is flying in an aeroplane, in a spiritual aeroplane and then somehow by the, somehow or other if they come, somehow come in contact and then yes, they may become devotee. So, that is what is explained here. Thus, Brahmaloka or Siddhaloka is a place where many spark-like living entities, parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord are assembled. Because these living entities do not wish to keep their individual existences, they are combined and allowed to remain in Brahmaloka like so many atomic particles of sunshine emanating from the sun. The word Siddha is very significant. Siddha refers to one who has realized the Brahman effulgence and who has complete knowledge of that the living entity is not a material atom but a spiritual spark. So, Siddha, that is also perfection. Perfect, more perfect, most perfect. So, the one who understands he is the soul, not the body, he is perfect because he is no, no more illusion by, with, with Maya. But that is not most perfect. More perfect is to understand the Paramatma feature. And most perfect is to understand the Bhagavan feature. <coughs> so, Siddha is who he, underst- he who understands that he is not a material atom but a spiritual spark. This understanding is described in the Bhagavad Gita as Brahma Bhuta. In the conditioned state, the living entity is known as Jiva Bhuta or the living force within matter. So, we are called Jiva Bhuta. Jiva. Jiva means the soul. But we are called Jiva Bhuta in this material world because we are living and this material body is dead. But in the spiritual world, everything is living. There, the living entity is called Brahma Bhuta. Brahma Bhuta. Here, we are called Jiva Bhuta. So, Jiva Bhuta means conditioned soul, Brahma Bhuta means liberated soul. So, in the conditioned state, the living entity is known as Jiva Bhuta or the living force within matter. Brahma Bhuta living entities are allowed to stay in Brahma Loka or Siddha Loka, but unfortunately, they sometimes again fall into the material world because they are not engaged in devotional service. This is supported by the verse in Srimad Bhagavatam beginning, Yenyeravindaksha, which is Bhagavatam 10.2.32, which we already saw. These semi-liberated souls falsely claim to be liberated, but unless one engages in devotional service to the Lord, he is still materially contaminated. Prabhupada called them semi-liberated souls. Halfway on the path of liberation, but not really liberated completely. These semi-liberated souls, but they um, falsely claim to be liberated, they may claim, but unless one engages in the devotional service to the Lord, he is still materially contaminated. Therefore, these living entities have been described as Vimukta Maninaha, meaning that they falsely consider themselves liberated although their intelligence is not yet purified. Although these living entities undergo severe austerities to rise to the platform of Siddhaloka, Aruhyakrachrena Parampadam, Tataha, they cannot remain there perpetually for they are bereft of Ananda, bliss. There are Satchit Ananda. So, progressively, as we realize Brahma, Paramatma, Bhagavan, we realize these three features. So, in the Brahma, Brahma platform, Brahman platform, we understand the Sat feature of the Lord. In Paramatma platform, we understand the Sat and Chit features of the Lord. And in the Bhagavan feature, we understand Sat, Chit and Ananda features of the Lord. And therefore, because a person who does not take shelter of Krishna, he does not have Ananda and we are all searching for Ananda ultimately. Ananda Mayobhyasat. That's our nature. Even if we are eternal, we will not be happy. What if I am eternally bored? 
that's what that's what brahman brahman realization is they are eternally bored and they just come down again they say bored to death no bored to death means at least the boredom is going to end at death but bored eternally that's what they asked for and therefore they have no ananda they are sat and then they have chit even if you have knowledge still you will not be satisfied even if you have eternal life full of knowledge of course it is not complete if if really full of knowledge means you will understand supreme personality of godhead so in exclusion of understanding the personality of godhead if you have knowledge still it is not satisfactory unless we have the ananda therefore if you see the 1.2.6 savaipum sam paro dharmo yato bhakti radhokshaje ahaituke apratihata yayatma suprasidati evam prasanna manaso that happiness is what we need suprasidati means completely satisfied and happy unless we have the ananda we will not our our happiness our our knowledge or our quest for eternity will not sustain hmm. now <clears throat> although these living entities undergo severe austerities to rise to the platform of siddhaloka they cannot remain there perpetually so because they don't have ananda even the sat becomes asat because they can't live there eternally and then the chit their knowledge is also not incom- is not not also complete because they don't know the bhagwan feature only when you have the ananda then you have satchidananda in completeness otherwise this um uh, chit and sat is not even complete therefore it's called semi semi liberated souls as proper said as proper said here okay um even though these living entities attain the brahma bhuta are we there no although these living entities undergo severe austerities they cannot remain there because they are bereft of ananda even though these living entities attain the brahma bhuta stage and realize the supreme personality of godhead through his bodily effulgence they nonetheless fall down due to neglecting the lord's service they do not properly utilize whatever little knowledge they have of the supreme personality of godhead the little knowledge they have is that there is an effulgence now if you have that little knowledge if you are little intelligent then you will think where this effulgence is coming from instead of just saying ah this light is good that's it this is the end if there is light there has to be a source of light right so they don't carry that knowledge further they don't take the hint that's why in the next ishopanishad few verses after this you will see i mean we will come back to this i'll just go there ishopanishad mantra 15 you see this is intelligence heranmayena patrena satyasyapi hitam mukham tatvam poshan apavrunu satyadharma yadrishtaye oh my lord sustainer of all that lives your real face is covered by your dazzling effulgence kindly remove that covering and exhibit yourself to your pure devotee you know sometimes this happens that you know in the dark night and then some car flashes its light on you and the light just glaringly you know comes at you and you can't see anything you're blinded by the light you can't even know who is the one who actually who is the one you know shining the light at you so that's how the brahma jyoti is but just multiplied gazillion times that's how bright therefore we cannot understand the supreme personality just like that but if we beg for the mercy of the lord oh there is some you know there is light that means there must be a source of light they don't even question they just stop there there is light i'm satisfied fool this is fool 
That's why Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita also, you see, he says, 14.27, Brahmanohi pratishtaham amritasya vyayasya cha, shashvatasya cha dharmasya sukhasya ikantikasya cha, I am the basis of the impersonal Brahman, which is immortal, imperishable and eternal and is the constitutional position of ultimate happiness. So, Krishna is saying, Brahmanohi pratishtha aham. I am the source, I am the basis, I am the foundation of the impersonal Brahman. I am the source. So, Krishna is declaring itself, himself. So, um, not attaining ananda or bliss, they come down to the material world to enjoy. See, because they don't, they fall down due to neglecting the Lord's service and whatever little knowledge they have of the Supreme Personality, the light, they don't take that further and try and try to. Janmadhyasa Yata Vedanta Sutra starts with that aphorism. Of course, it says, Athato Brahma Jignasa. We have to inquire into the Absolute Truth. Then the answer is also given. The Absolute Truth is the source of everything. Janmadhyasa Yataha. Second aphorism of Vedanta Sutra. So, that aphorism they have to put in practice. Janmadhyasa Yataha. They have seen the light. Janmadhyasa Yataha. What is the source of this light now? They don't question. The very first, I mean the very beginning of the Vedanta Sutra, they don't follow. You see? So, they don't take it further and therefore they fail. Not attaining ananda or bliss, they come down to the material world to enjoy. This is certainly a fall down for one who is actually liberated. The bhaktas consider such a fall down equal to achieving a place in hell. Now, the followers of the Patanjali Yoga system actually want to merge into the body of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This indicates that they do not want to engage in His service despite their knowledge of Him. See, now the impersonalists, they don't engage in His service because they don't know His form. Whereas the Patanjali Yogis, so those who are supposed to meditate on the Paramatma by the Ashtanga Yoga system, they accept the, 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 the personality of the you know, uh, Supreme Lord, but still, still they don't engage in service of Him. It, it will be more elaborated now, you see. They want to merge into the body of the personality of God. This indicates that they do not want to engage in His service despite their knowledge of Him and thus their position is even more abominable than that of those who want to merge into the Lord's effulgence. These yogis meditate on the four-handed Vishnu form of, form of the Lord in order to merge into His body. They meditate on the Paramatma feature in order to merge into His body. You see, the Patanjali system describes the form of the Lord as Klesha Karma Vipakashaya Sorry, Vipakashayair Aparamrishtaha Purusha Vishesha Ishwaraha. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is a person who does not partake of a miserable material life. So, that shloka means the yogis accept the eternity of the Supreme Person in one of their mantras. Sa Purvesham Api Guru Kalana Vachedat. Such a person is always supreme and is not influenced by the element of time. See? Uh, this is the descriptions of the Supreme Person. The followers of the Patanjali system therefore accept the eternity of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yet, according to them, Purushartha Shunyanam Pratiprasavaha Kaivalyam Swarupa Pratishthava Chitishaktiriti They believe that in the perfectional stage, the conception of Purusha is vanquished. According to their description, Chitishaktiriti they believe that when one becomes perfect, he cannot remain a person. 
This yoga system is therefore abominable because its final conception is impersonal. In the beginning, these yogis accept the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but they ultimately give up this idea in order to become impersonal. They are most unfortunate because although they have a personal conception of the Absolute Truth, they neglect to render devotional service to the Lord and thus fall down again into the material world. That means, even if we accept the Supreme Personality, if we don't engage in devotional service, we will go into impersonalism. And when one offends, if a devotee offends, if he does, just like Ramachandra Puri, he offended Madhavendra Puri and he became an impersonalist. So, this impersonalism, um, you know, is happens when we do not render devotional service or if we commit a very grave offense in devotional service. And just on the, for the record, ISKCON is also going in this direction now. Uh, Some of the gurus are already preaching impersonalism uh, and mundane philosophies of motivational speaking. They are already doing it. That means what? They have come until this point of accepting the personality of God and still now they are speaking impersonalism. They are going to the impersonal platform. So anyway, now this topic is about the yogis who are meditating. So they are also unfortunate. They neglect to render devotional service to the Lord. Similarly, these follows, I mean, those devotees, so-called devotees, they neglect to follow the devotion. Devotional service means to speak about Krishna. Kirtanam, Shravanam, Kirtanam. You have to repeat the message of Krishna. That is devotional service to the Lord. But if we, if we would do our own thing, you know, preach our own message, that is not devotional service and preaching Mayavad because of that. This is the result. They neglect to render devotional service to the Lord and thus fall down into the material world. As mentioned above, this idea is supported by Srimad Bhagavatam 10.2.32 Aruhyakrachrena parampadam tataha patantyadha nadrita yushmadam ghraya Due to neglecting the lotus feet of the Lord, these yogis again fall down into the material existence. Patantyadha Consequently, this path of yoga is more abominable than the impersonalist's path. This conclusion is also supported by Lord Kapiladev in the following verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. There he is saying that, you know, uh, devotees do not accept this Sayujya Mukti. So now you see, Sambhutyam, Tato Bhuya Ivatetamoya Usambhutyam Rata. Those who worship even the Absolute Truth, if they worship it not properly, it's even worse. And if, although it is higher, like Karmis is lower and then Gyanis is a bit higher and then Yogis are even higher and Bhaktas are even higher. But then, if we come to the point and don't climb even higher to the platform of devotional service, we are worse. We become worse than the Karmis and then the Yogis become worse than the Gyanis. Just see that. So therefore, Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, 6th chapter, 46th and 47th verses. Tapasvibhyodhiko yogi gyanibhyopi matodhikaha karmibhyaschadhiko yogi tasmadyogi bhavarjuna A yogi, here actually he is talking about bhakti yogi. A yogi is greater than the ascetic. Tapasvibhyo. So actually an ascetic is what we know as yogi, right? Or the ascetic, you know, the mystic power, you know, all this big, big tapasya. But here, that's why a yogi is greater than the ascetic because... A bhakti yogi, because he later, the next verse he clarifies who the yogi is. A yogi is greater than the ascetic, greater than the empiricist, and greater than the fruitive worker. Therefore, O Arjuna, in all circumstances, be a yogi. And next verse Yogi nama pisarvesham madgate nantaratmana shraddhavan bhajate yomam 
Samayukta Tamomataha. And of all yogis, the one with great faith who always, always abides in me, thinks of me within himself and renders transcendental loving service to me. He is the most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. That is my opinion. So a bhakti yogi is always the highest. Why? Why all these, okay, karmis, yes, that is materialistic. And the pseudo-religionists, fine, materialistic. But then these people are transcendentalists. There's jnanis and yogis. But then why is all the destination darkness? Because of this. CC Adi chapter 4, text 165. If we go here, it's a very simple verse, many times quoted by Prabhupada. Atmendriya prithivancha tare bali kam krishnendriya prithivicha dhare premanam. The desire to gratify one's own senses is karma, but the desire to please the senses of Lord Krishna is prema. Karma is lust, prema is love. All these things until now, the karmis, whether they be hedonists or productive fools, you know, I hope you remember the definition of that. I've just made that up. Productive fools, are they, they plan, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, and, and they have aim and determination and they want to you know, achieve those things in this materialistic life. They're also fools. So, either they be hedonists, just complete indulgence in senses, or productive fools, namesake religionists, or pseudo-religionists, or demigod worshippers, all of them, Asambhuti worshippers, all of them are in the region of darkness because they just remain in this material world. Even if demigod worship, they still remain in this material world. The transcendentalists are supposed to transcend this darkness. But then because they don't hold shelter of, uh, take shelter of Lord Krishna's lotus feet, they also come back into this darkness. Their darkness is even worse because after so much of tapasya, they come back to the same darkness as this, this karmis are in without that much tapasya. So, the, the reason why everything led to darkness is they were impelled by karma, uh, sorry, karma, lust. They wanted to enjoy. They were never in, in, interested in the Lord's enjoyment, prema. Whereas, to satisfy the senses of Krishna is prema. And therefore, Madhilila, 19th chapter, verse 149. says, Krishna Bhakta Nishkam Ataeva Shanta Bhukti Mukti Siddhi Kami Sakaliya Shanta Because the devotee of Lord Krishna is desireless, he is peaceful. Fruitive workers desire material enjoyment, jnanis desire liberation and yogis desire material opulence in the form of yogic powers and also in merging into the absolute. Therefore, they are all lusty and cannot be peaceful. That's why all these religion and pseudo-religion, all these things, lead to darkness. Real religion is Krishna Bhakti and only that is the path of illumination. Everything else, whatever goes on in the name of religion, on charity or penance, everything is in the in the uh, purview or in the realm of nations or ignorance or materialism. Alright, so that is the end of today's session. Um, now, questions if any. Wow, we don't have much time. Hopefully, there are relevant questions. Okay, Hari Prasad's question we have already answered. We, I mean, we're going to answer later. Okay. So, Bhakta Virendra from India. Question, 
Why Vedic history is considered as mythology during British rule onwards and many started considering Puranic history such as Rama and Mahabharata Vishnu avatars as mythology. How can Krishna conscious devotees make people believe in Vedic history is real? Well, this is all Chaladharma, these are interpretations. If you look at the Vedic scriptures themselves, you don't get this, that they are mythology. They are all historical facts. It's called Aitihya, Purana. Purana means something which happened in the past. So, because there is a lot of this Vidharma, Paradharma, Abhasa, Chaladharma, all Upadharma, all these kinds of cheating religions are going on and real scriptures are marginalized and you know like uh, these are not some bookish knowledge and you know, written by some imperfect people and some mythology as if, as if there was some Harry Potter tales or something. Harry Potter tales is mythology, that is a myth, that is a myth. But uh, that they worship as if that is, this is called Asambhuti worship again. Real Sambhuti means you have to take word of God as it is. Veda Narayana Sakshat Swayambhuriti Sushruma Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita Vedaist Sarvairaham Eva Vedya Vedanta Krit Veda Videva Chaham I am the compiler of the Vedanta and I am to be known by the Vedas. I am the knower of the Vedas. The impersonalists, they try to combine everything. The knowledge the knower and the knowable. So all the, everything they combine is one and they say Advaita, this is a foolishness and everything becomes meaningless and they, this they accept as mythology. This is all not proper understanding. So the, the problem is, even though they, others may say, Britishers may say or whatever it is, we don't have faith in our own scriptures. We should defeat them by argument, right? So, the problem is not them, the problem is us because we did not take it seriously. If say, if somebody says something about, um, uh, you know, say your family without knowing, you know the truth because you are in the family. I am just giving a very crude, exam, crude example here. So, you know the truth, what is happening here. So, um, those who are outside of this purview, what is their value of their opinion? And if they say something, why should we believe that? We should know our stuff. If we are strong in our understanding, no matter who comes and challenges in whichever way, we can not just fight with them, but actually even get them into our fold. Convince them and get them into our fold. You know, try to understand, oh, this is not mythology, this is actually history, this is this. You know, everything is Vedas and Narayana Saksha, written by him, they are apaurusheya, they are not written by any human being. Karma Brahmodbhavam Vidhi Brahmaksara Samudbhavam Tasmat Sarvagatam Brahma Nityam Yagya Pratishthitam Bhagavad Gita Chapter 3, Text 15. Regulated activities are prescribed in the Vedas, and the Vedas are directly manifested from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Consequently, the all pervading transcendence is eternally situated in acts of sacrifice. So, the Vedas are coming from Krishna. So, this mythology is a myth. So, we have to combat that. You know, we have to present the reality. Okay, Ayapa, Bhakta Ayapa. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Uh, nowadays, people are portraying lords like Roman characters. So, does Krishna Balram look chubby in the spiritual world? Uh, also, demigods have birth and death. If so, Jay and Vijay also a resident of Vaikuntalaga. Why they got cursed even though? Well, how are these questions actually related to today's class? Krishna and Balram look very, very beautiful. You know, their bodily construction is perfect. It's not exactly the 
ripped body that we know. Those are all demoniac bodies. Beautiful body is soft, so soft that just like Ramachandra, when he was walking on the forest path and when Krishna was walking to the, on, in, the, in the forest, tending his cows as a small boy, even the touch of grass, the touch of grass on his uh, feet will make his feet red. So delicate. In fact, there are also statements by the gopis. When the gopis put his uh, feet on their breasts, they apologize to Krishna. They say, our breasts might be too hard for you, for your feet. Because your feet is so soft that, you know, even a grass, if it is, if it touches your feet, your feet becomes red. We can't imagine how you are walking in the forest, you know, tending all those cows with all the stones and everything. We can't imagine, we, you know, we just, you know, whole day we are just thinking of this. So, that's how delicate Krishna is. It's not like a, it's not like a, you know, hard build body. It's not like that. But at the same time, he's so strong. So many demons he killed. So that is, um, that is how Krishna is. You know? He's not like a fat slop as well. You know, his, his, his beauty is perfect. I mean, unmatched beauty. No way, unrivaled in creation. Unrivaled in the more, both material and spiritual worlds. So much so that even Lord Narayana wants to see Krishna. Although the same, Narayana and Krishna, right? But even Narayana wants to see Krishna. Therefore, Narayana, I mean, Mahavishnu, he made the, you know, Brahmana's son disappear and then Krishna went to the, Krishna and Arjuna went to see the Mahavishnu. And Mahavishnu said, I wanted to see you. That's why I did this pastime. So, in the same way, Advaita Acharya, Mahavishnu, he invited Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and came. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came. So, Mahavishnu also wants to see the, the Krishna's form. So very beautiful. Anyway, so demigods also have birth and death. Yeah. Even Brahma Loka down. But their death is not exactly as our death. It's a little bit different. They just change the body. Not like exactly like what we go through. It's, it's a little different. And Brahma Loka, they just after the end of the universe, they just their bodies become spiritual and that's it. In the same body they become liberated. So um, uh, Jay and Vijay is also a resident of Vaikuntha Loka. Why they got cursed even though they were Vaikuntha Loka residents? Well, Vaishnava Prad, you know, anywhere. We also were residents of Vaikuntha Loka, right? We came down. We did some Aparad somewhere and came down here. Okay, next question. Bhakta Ayapa. Many people in Iskona are justifying that we can worship Ganesh. Therefore, all devotees should worship Ganapati. Um, um, Prabhupada is saying in the Nectar of Devotion, Chapter 8. Offences to be avoided, but why is it mentioned? So, it's Rupa Goswami mentioning actually. Rupa Goswami said, before every worship, one must worship Lord Ganesh. But now, as Prabhupada knows, worship of Ganesh is there because to remove all obstacles that may come in the worship. Like, I give an example. Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 10. Chapter 22, verse 4. The gopis used to pray to Katyayani or there is a Katyayani Vrata, one month. Um, the gopis prayed to Lord uh, Goddess Durga uh, to get a good husband. You know, they were praying to her. Usually, um, a, a girl who wants to you know get a good husband, she should worship Lord Shiva 
and of course Parvati also and Katyayani Vratha is one of the things that they do, the young virgin girls. So, the gopis also were doing that. Katyayani Mahamaye Mahayogin Yadhishwari Nanda Gopasutam Devi Patim Mekurute Namaha Iti Mantram Japantyastaha Poojam Chakruhu Kamarikaha Actually, we can pray to Lord, I mean, Goddess Durga in this way. If we pass by a Durga temple, we can pray to the Lord Goddess in this way. Each of the young unmarried girls performed her worship while chanting the following mantra. O Goddess Katyayani, O great potency of the Lord, O possessor of great mystic power and mighty controller of all, please make the son of Nanda Maharaj my husband. I offer my obeisances unto you. So, although they are all, they are seemingly worshipping the demigods, their goal is Vishnu, uh, Krishna. So, the worship of Ganesh is there so that he removes the, all the obstacles in, in the worship of Krishna. Just like Bhaktivinoda Thakur has sung a song about Narsimhadev, five verses in this in his Navadvip Bhavataranga, where he prayed to Lord Narsimhadev to remove the obstacles in his worship of Radha and Krishna. So, uh, um, you know, an ordinary person would chant maybe Narsimha Kavacha to be protected his, to, for his bodily protection. But a devotee, if he chants Narasimha Kavacha, or if he prays for the protection of Narasimha, it is not for the protection of his body. He wants Narasimha Dev to protect his devotional service. So the same mantra, but chanted with a different bhava. And Krishna is bhava grahi janardan. So this, uh, Rupa Goswami mentioned this worship of Ganesh for this purpose. So that one may worship Krishna without any... Because after all, Ganesh is also a devotee. But the problem, why Prabhupada did not allow that? in our society is that because people will he knows the general tendency of the people they will eventually you know go into demigod yeah you know Ganesh yes we should worship but you know he will feel a little bit lonely if his uh, father and mother is not there you know so let's put uh, Parvati and Lord Shiva also and then his brother you know will, he will miss his brother so Murgan also will come Kartikeya so one happy family maybe his friends other demigods maybe the the you know indra chandra vayu and you know, all these people also must come you know otherwise you know he will feel a bit lonely he, he wants his friends around him you know this kind of sentiment plays in the mind of people maybe not exactly in the same way but they will think oh if i am worshiping ganesh what if i don't if i don't worship lord shiva because vaishnavanam yathashambhu he is the greatest vaishnava and he is ganesh's father maybe shiva will become angry with me I should worship him. Shiva also put there. But Shiva without his wife, how? Ardhangini. Okay, okay, Parvati also put there. Vaishnavi Devi, after all, she is Vaishnavi Devi. And Kartika is, you know, big Vaishnava himself, Skandapuran, everything about Vaishnava only. He is also, Skanda also should be there. So, different kinds of things will come into the end, we will get distracted. He knows this mentality, especially of Hindus. And also, those who are, you know, in the West, those who follow some Indian tradition, Hindu tradition, they also think that India is of many gods. So, when they see, that we have Ganesh and we have all these demigods. One by one, all the demigods will creep in. I mean, you know, uh, enter into the temple in all the different corners of the temple. And it becomes like any other Hindu temple. and Everything is gone. Because of that tendency, therefore Prabhupada mandated that, no, this, we will not follow this. Although it is a principle there. Like Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he in his house, if you go to Navadvip, you will see he was worshipping Gopishwar Shiva. But in the form of Gopishwar Shiva. Because he was the one who was protecting the Rasalila, that place, you know. So, that, in that way, in connection with Krishna, again. And of course, Vaishnava Sampradaya is their Rudra Sampradaya. They accept Lord Shiva as a spiritual master. That is different from 
accepting him as a demigod, as a fulfiller of our desires. And neophytes, not knowing all these truths, they will easily go into that misconception and go back to demigod worship and the whole purpose is lost. That's why. Alright. Next. Um, Ayapa. Again, because of quarantine, I have no physical work and I am increasing weight. Can we do artificial exercise to reduce weight? Is it materialistic? Just maintain somehow, eat less or whatever you want to do. do no. Why don't you, why we will ask all these things here? Hmm? I told you, questions related to the topic. Please, please. Uh, Krishna Smaranam Prabhu, question oh, from the United States. Um, would Krishna authorize Muslims and Christians to kill the cows for food? No. Actually, any religion does not allow meat eating. No religion encourages meat eating. If meat, I mean, if meat eating has to be sanctioned, without any sanction, everybody is already eating meat, right? Why a big messenger or God himself has to come and say, eat meat? Right? Without that, we are already eating meat, right? Everybody is eating. Religion is there to <clears throat> cut this out. And if any allowance is given, that is under huge restrictions, so that ultimately one comes out of it. Loke vyavayas mesha madhya seva nitya hijantor nahi tatra chaudana vyavasthitis teshu vivaha yagna sura grahai raso nivrittirishta. In this material world, the conditioned soul is always inclined to sex, meat eating, and intoxication. This is our nitya hijantor nahi tatra chaudana. Nobody, just like sex, nobody needs to tell anybody. Even an animal will do automatically. There is no need of sex education. Automatically, the animal will do. Similarly, automatically we will eat meat. That is a general tendency of conditioned souls. So, meat eating, what? Sex, meat eating and intoxication are the natural tendencies of materialistic people. Therefore, religious scriptures never actually encourage such activities. Although the scriptural injunctions provide for sex through sacred marriage, for meat eating through sacrificial offerings and for intoxication through the acceptance of ritual cups of wine, such ceremonies are meant for the ultimate purpose of renunciation. So, that is actually the purpose. Ultimately, to renounce it. But we don't follow it and then there's simply wanton sense gratification. Then, then the whole purpose is defeated of the, of the religion itself. That's why it is, becomes a chaos. And then when we give all, this tr- all that trouble to the animals, we will get it back. Karma will hit us back. It's not going to stay silent. The law of karma will act. And we will have all these difficulties that, are, that we're having in the world today. All these are just... These are actually, I feel this is not even very heavy. This COVID-19 is nothing. Nothing. Compared to the, the amount of atrocity that humans are committing to animals, it's very, very lenient what is happening now. A war, yeah, that would be much more severe. And huge natural disasters. That is what, actually what humans deserve. <clears throat> for what they have done to the planet, what, for what they have done to the to the other life forms. But Krishna is still giving a very light punishment, giving us a chance to improve. You know, how merciful he is. But if we still don't learn our lessons, we are asking for bigger troubles. Sunita Sharma Mataji. The Siddhaloka and Brahmaloka stage that you explained, uh, are they different from the Brahmaloka and Siddhaloka in the universe? Lord Brahma's abode. So, that is, so this is the thing. 
Sometimes they are called uh, the the Brahma Jyoti is called also Brahma Loka or Siddha Loka because there is. But then, if you see the Brahma Loka of this planet, it is almost there, almost there. That's why, when the universe is dissolved, when the universe is destroyed, the Brahma Loka planets, the Siddha Loka, the higher planetary systems, especially Jana, Maha, Tapa, and Satya Loka, they don't become, they don't die like just like others. They just in their own bodies, they transform into spiritual existence and reside in the Vaikuntha planets. So, they are kind of in the Vaikuntha already, like Dhruva planet, Dhruva Loka is actually one of the Vaikuntha planets. It will not be destroyed at the, at the end of this universal devastation. It will just be in the spiritual sky and that's how it will just exist in the spiritual world. So, so sometimes they are used interchangeably. There of course, there is a Siddha Loka, there is a Siddha Loka in this universe where the people have eight mystic powers automatically. There is a planet like that. But then Siddhaloka sometimes is also called the Brahma Jyoti. Sometimes it is also referred to as Siddhaloka. Just like sometimes even in the Mahabharata, the Pandavas are, have ascended to heaven, they say. So although it is a, is mentioned as heaven, they actually went to Vaikuntaloka, the Svetadvipa planet where Lord Vishnu resides. So that is also sometimes referred to as heaven. You know? So in that way. So sometimes the Brahma Jyoti is called Brahma Loka or Siddhaloka also. But there are actually Siddhaloka and Brahma Loka in this plan in this universe, as you said, the planets themselves. <coughs> Krishna Smaranam Prabhu, should we always try to say Srila Prabhupada instead of saying Prabhupada alone? Well, both were used, Srila Prabhupada and Prabhupada. Even in his time, both were used. Prabhupada, Prabhupada already is a very great thing. Srila Prabhupada, of course, is also, you know, many times he said Prabhupada said. Prabhupada is already, you know, a great um, title by itself. It's already featuring the highest respect. So, I did not see a particular instruction of Prabhupada saying that you have to call me Srila Prabhupada and not just Prabhupada. That is not there. So, Prabhupada or Srila Prabhupada is basically the same thing. Otherwise, if you can show some quote like that, that you have to only say Srila Prabhupada and not Prabhupada, then if Prabhupada said that, you know, then we will, you know, we will, we have to follow that. But as far as we know, there is no such quote of saying like that. Next question by um, Bhakta Shri in Singapore. I know that Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead as per our Vedic literatures, but I have extremely huge question. Why do the Sri Vaishnavas consider Krishna an avatar of Sri Vishnu as the original when its actuality is actually the opposite. No offense to Sri Vaishnavas. I just feel that this is a question of many of us come across and I wish to grow my knowledge on this topic. Please enlighten me on this. Okay. From Brahma Samhita, we have the information that Mahavishnu, he comes from Krishna. But, you see, um, Just a second, huh? You see.
that same this is from the chaitanya charitamrita adilila chapter 2 verse 109 and a few verses i'll just read them that same lord krishna the fountain head of all incarnations is known as the son of the king of raja he has descended personally as lord sri chaitanya mahaprabhu therefore lord chaitanya is the supreme absolute truth to call him shirodakshaya vishnu does not add to his glory because it's already in him it does not add to his glory so just like by saying chaitanya lord chaitanya is same as uh, mahavishnu or krishna or shirodakshaya vishnu it does not uh, add something extra because it's already there in chaitanya mahaprabhu but such words from the lips of a sincere devotee cannot be false all possibilities abide in him for he is the primeval lord all other incarnations are situated in the potential form in the original body of the primeval lord thus according to one's opinion one may address him as any of any one of the incarnations some say that shri krishna is directly naranarayan others say that he is directly vamana some say that krishna is the incarnation of shirodakshaya vishnu none of these statements is impossible each is as correct as the others some call him hari or the narayan of the transcendental world everything is possible in krishna for he is the primeval lord Hmm. I offer my obeisances under the feet of all who hear or read this discourse. Kindly adhere with attention the conclusion of all these statements. So, so Sri Krishna. That's why the Rupa Goswami has enumerated all the qualities of Narayana, of ordinary jivas, and Narayana, and I mean Lord Shiva and Narayana and Krishna. Finally. So Krishna has all 64 qualities and Narayana has 60 qualities and Shiva has 55 and Brahma has 50 and we have very few. So Krishna is the fountainhead of all incarnations. But when they say Vishnu come, Krishna comes from Vishnu, it's not wrong. It's not wrong also. Because Krishna, we, we have very limited understanding of Krishna. So when we say this way or that way, it will not be actually wrong exactly. But so, with Vedic evidence, if we see, then Krishna is the source of all the Narayans. But then, each has the same power. And through Shirodakashaya Vishnu, Krishna also can come. In fact, when Krishna comes, all the incarnations merge in him and he comes. So, in that way, he is seen like he is coming from Shirodakashaya Vishnu. But again, there is no difference between Shirodakasaya Vishnu and Krishna. So, this way, we have to understand. Okay, Vishnu Teja. Prabhu, do unsuccessful impersonalists still go to heavenly planets? They will rise somewhere, but still that heavenly planets is part of the darkness of this universe, the shell of the universe, so it's still darkness. Krishna Smaranam Prabhu said, you said Iskon is also doing Mayavad worship, can you elaborate? So they are speaking philosophy like that, you know. Oh, the language of the heart. They are not speaking Krishna words, you know, sometimes some of these gurus. They are not speaking Krishna's word. You know, they are just speaking indirectly, you know. And some of the motivational speakers are speaking motivational speeches without any name. Even if they want to say God, they say divinity. They have used these words. Radhanath Swami, his disciple Gaur Gopaldas. I mean, all of them, I mean, they they are going into this tendency of you know, speaking indirectly about God, about not mentioning His name. So, this is offensive. Okay, I think that's the end. Thank you very much for coming and putting on with this long session.
श्री ईशोपनिषद की जय श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंद हरि हरि बोल हरे कृष्णा